you know, here. What's up? I was thinking about something. <laughs> I was thinking about what's going on. Why would on you do that? Earth, right? It's like perfume. In mind. <laughs> yeah. How'd you I do wonder, that? Right on the mic. Why does it matter? I'm trying to find out. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sounds healthy. Ready? Ready. <laughs> Welcome. Damn shame. To Earth, Mind, and Matter. He said, fuck it. Let's talk about albums. He said, let's talk about some movies. And some fucking comics. This week in the universe. Across the internet. So what's up, Javi? What's going on, Frankie? Yeah. So I got a date tonight. So okay. We gotta, we gotta do this episode kind of quick. Just quick. Tonight. Just quick. Yeah. Like, I, if that's all right with yeah, you. Yeah. Like a forty-minute like, episode or like a twenty-minute like, episode. Uh, or like a five-minute episode. You know, I don't want to rush it. because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. You know, let's be fair. I don't rush so, shit. I take my time. So, you know, I just. But I do have a date tonight. So okay. Just keep that in mind. Uh, what's Day Dem's name? Uh, <laughs> 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 spicy. Oh man, there is there's such an exotic name. Uh-huh. It, you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Shasandra. Shasandra. You talking about my fucking tea right here? <laughs> what? Why? What are you? What are you talking about? I'm drinking a tea called Shasandra Berry. That shit is trash. It's like fucking the Macy section. <laughs> a perfume. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just drink some perfume <laughs> yeah, right there? I think that's what it is, bro. This shit tastes like complete ass, but I'm gonna drink it anyway because I paid money for it. And there's and one thing I'm gonna do. Celibate. I'm celibate. Yeah, I'm still not drinking. Fucking sucks, but it doesn't feel good. For feel healthy. Who don't know what celibacy means, mm. and they've been listening to only us. <laughs> they're, they're just like, associating. That. They're just like, okay, I know what cel- <laughs> celibate means. Actually, now. all all our fans are actually celibate. Oh yeah, not by choice though. Yeah, you yeah. get me. We we'll see you, you out there. Don't worry, we're with you. You know what I mean. I, you know, together I'm we stand strong. I'm still a virgin too, bro. I'm a virgin to many things, but that's because you're religious. You, you yeah, know, yeah, you and Beatrice don't want to no, yeah, disrespect the the god a lot. You mm-hmm. know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. That the a double uh, a double hockey six a h. That's like a Lincoln. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I said that wrong completely. Pastrami I always say it wrong. Rye. Huh? Pastrami on rye. Pastrami on rye. Yeah. You like corned beef? Corned beef is alright. It's alright, you know. I think it's the one of the few times I enjoy mustard. I, you know, you I'm know? not too crazy about mustard too, mm-hmm. but like, you know, can't go wrong if mustard on a hot dog. Fuck that! You're disgusting. <laughs> that shit is nasty, bro. What yeah, the hell? Nah. Out of all things, that's like a whole dose of mustard right there. Mustard on a hot dog. That's disgusting, throw some ketchup, bro. Some relish on there. Nah, bro. You put mustard on a hot dog, then throw that shit straight in the trash and get yourself a real hot dog with ketchup and mayonnaise. You know, I haven't <laughs> tried it with mayo. Nah, I haven't uh, put mayonnaise on it either. They say if you eat a spoonful of mayonnaise, it actually tastes good. Like as revolting as it sounds, if you eat, eat a spoonful of mayonnaise, it tastes real good. I, I mean, I, I like mayo. But could I you mean, eat a spoonful? I I don't know. I haven't tried it. You want to do it right now? You want to try a spoonful of mayo right now? <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do it, but you do it. <laughs> you want to try it? We'll 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 record it after the episode. <laughs> okay. And we'll post it on the social. That'd be fucking disgusting. <laughs> All right, a spoonful of mayo. I, maybe I'll try. It. I'll think about it. It'll take this episode to really. <laughs> All right, so let's jump right into the new. No, I'm kidding. Fucking. Welcome to the show. It's February 24th of 2013. 24th, the day of love. The day of uh, 10 days after the day of love. What? You know what I mean? Wait. Cupid's retired right now, bro. V Day ain't today. Mm-mm. So, what am I doing on my date today? You're going to take them to, you're going to take them to the city. You're going to get some pork fried rice. Okay. You know, vegan pork fried rice for oh. all my vegans out there. Shout out to all okay. my vegans. Okay. And What's then you're gonna, pork made out of? Pork is going to be a seitan. 
Satan. Satan, because that's how they mimic meat with Satan. Okay. Speaking of religion. And then you're going to take him to the piers, right? Mm-hmm. And then you want to push him in the water and okay. save them afterwards because then you're, then you're oh. heroic. Yes. And that's very romantic. Mm-hmm. Right. And after you take him out the water, you want to bring him to House Kitchen. Okay. House Kitchen, they have a lot of accommodities. Mm-hmm. Amenities. Yep. Right? Words. Words, right? And then you're going to bring it back here. Okay. Because we got a show to do. Oh, you, you understand? Have her on the show? Yes, absolutely. They, them. Okay. I'm going to have they, them on the show. Okay. Super no, I mean, they, they, they identify as a she. It's okay. You sure? Yeah, yeah. They identify as a she? Yeah. Lucas, you identify as a she? Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> I identify as a, uh. So whenever you refer to me, it's like, hey, uh. And then that's me. That's who I am. You know? As him? Him is so cisgender male. It's just cisgender. When you, when you say hi to a cisgender male. Like his. Him? Like, hey, him. Well, if you if you if you call a cisgender man over, can you be like, hey, sis? You get me? Uh, I mean, why not? <laughs> right, that makes sense, right? Because it's cisgender, huh? Pronouns? I care about pronouns. No, I'm a I'm a I'm a cis male, half trans, half Bugatti. I'm half Bugatti, yeah. You see me? You mix a you're him mix a Ferrari. I I don't me and you don't what's the word like it's like astrology signs we don't mix we don't align yeah what is your sign Lucas dead as yeah, his brother what is your sign? <laughs> I don't know what does a Taurus act like of course you act like a Taurus you're not a Taurus huh you're an Ari- you're Aryan like Aryan race what are you Javi I'm a Sag you're a Sag that's yeah. like a sack <laughs> sack veg. I'm a I'm Virgo. I just shit. You just sit. I'm a Virgo, so they say that. They say that Virgos are very uh, complex. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a reader right now. So they, they say Virgos are very complex, handsome, and perfect in every single way. He's not reading shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading the. I'm reading gastrointestinal tract right now. Huh? You want me to look it up? All right. I'm Virgo description. This is how we start the show. Let's see. Let's see. All right. All right. All right. Let's see. Virgo description. Let's see what it says. We're starting off with the most thrilling of things. <laughs> let's see. Very riveting. Riveting. All right, let's see. They say, damn, this is mad shit. I'm going to say, <laughs> sum it up. But there's somebody, like, sum it up. Sum it up. Somebody has a whole website. It's astrology.com. Let's see. I'm going to write. This I don't guy. believe in what astrology. Okay, characteristics. Okay. Virgo's personality traits are derived from its receptive feminine or yin qualities, making the sign oriented toward contemplation and engagement with inner awareness. Alive in both a Virgo woman or Virgo man, those born with the virgin as their rising sun or moon sign, speaking of virgins, have Mm -hmm. a diligent, adaptable, and observant energy in the core of their personality, an echo of the preparedness and utility of late summer and early fall activities. And the last thing it says is, as a mutable sign, Virgo holds the qualities of being an al- alchemical synthesizer, able to find relationships between seemingly des- oh, de- disparate, desperate, but spelled with the eyes, disparate. Uh, I don't know. Disparate, disparate and disjointed factors. This is Mac fucking wordy for this. What are you? <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius. Sagittarius. I just hear Sagittarius are assholes. Huh? That's that. That's what I looked up. <laughs> that's like word for word what I looked up. All right. 
Independent and strong-willed, lying already. <laughs> Sagittarius personalities are all about going off the beaten path. Sagittarius isn't afraid to step away from the pack and is a natural-born leader who goes after what he or she or they or them wants. Regardless of what other people think, uh, Sagittarius is born adventurer and loves solo travel and exploration. Sagittarius also loves... You know what's crazy? So fuck this, right? So you know how <laughs> we were talking um, to on the phone with the African you know, spiritual uh -huh, healer? Uh -huh. So crazy enough... Uh, yesterday I, I showed it to Beatrice, right? But earlier in the day, somebody offered me a job opportunity. Oh yeah. And then she was like, what if it was the West African, like, you know, that brought you <laughs> luck and fortune. And I was like, holy shit. So man, Africans, man, they be onto some shit, you know? Maybe he's doing it, man. <laughs> black, black history month and everything. Black history month. You know, you're black. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> I'm drinking black coffee right now. I, I'm uh, wearing black pants. Wearing black pants. I got black socks on. Lucas has black socks on. These mics are black. Hey, dude, <sighs> we, we're black. We're both black. <laughs> I think so. Or African at the very least. No, we're black. We're black. I'm, we're black, but I'm albino. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're albino black. Yeah, like, man. <laughs> my, uh, I didn't say this. My Beatrice's uh, cousin, one time he was like, uh, he came up to me. He was like, you, you speak black. <laughs> like, and, and I was like, what? He's like, you have a black voice. I was like, what the fuck are you saying? And I don't know how I sound like. You know how you think you sound a certain way and mm -hmm. everything? And I don't think he was talking about how I was like, I, was like, I wasn't like using slang or whatever, you know, to emphasize a black person. <laughs> Not that, you know, you to use slang for black people, but like, you know, Mexicans are like, hey, way, or Dominicans are just always just saying nothing. <laughs> you know, so when he's told me that, I was like, what the hell? And yeah, so Beatrice always tells me I have a black voice now. Hey, but, man, you... you <laughs> I think about uh, yeah. when we first started doing this show mm -hmm. and how unused you were to like listening to your voice while mm -hmm. recording. Yeah. And just how you were like, I'm going to try and have like one ear off and one <laughs> yeah. ear on. I'm like, nah, man. Just listen, right? On. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought just, it was a cool thing to do when you do a podcast. Like, you know, how people have one ear out, one <laughs> ear. I thought it was just a thing to do, the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Always hearing yourself mm -hmm. like in a recording is always. I mean, you listen to the episodes every single time, so I can't imagine that. Like for me, it's one and done. I'm out once. <laughs> like you know, I listen to it every now and then, like very rarely. But it's just like I've already heard this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I I also do like I do my mm -hmm. covers and stuff, and yeah. it's a lot of just like listening to myself like to over you. and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I'm 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 used to just fucking listening to my uh, my own voice. There's um there's a video I saw on National Geographic a long time ago, and it was it, the way it started was this like country person talking to woman, and she was like, "Hey y'all, what you doing?" Blah, blah, blah. Just continuous, you know, you know, talking and stuff like that, and then the camera zoomed out, and it was an Asian woman, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, and, and the whole point of it was saying like you can't sound a certain way, you know. What I'm trying to say like if you if you're on the phone with somebody, you can't necessarily tell if they're black or white or Asian because of you know accents are everywhere. But what do you think about that? Because I feel like sometimes you can't be on the phone with some people and you're like, oh, this is a white person or a black person or like an Asian person, this and that. Maybe maybe not all the time. Like, I wouldn't say it would be a 100% correct rate. But there are sometimes you're like, oh, this motherfucker is Asian or this motherfucker is, you know, Dominican. I mean, uh, I, I remember you did mention that in, mm -hmm. in like one of our first episodes. Yeah, like way honestly. back, way back. Um, I remember that specifically because um, my ex like brought it up and she was like, but like, People down south are all gonna sound like that. Yeah, yeah. And true. I was like, that is true. So I mm -hmm. like, you know, it, it also does just come to like where you're raised. Like yeah. 
Like uh, and what you're exposed even, to, even Reggie Snow, yeah, being, yeah, what was he, Scottish or Irish? Irish, Irish, Irish. Oh, same shit. Like being, <laughs> like being Irish, but also being yeah. black. It's like it's mm. not necessarily the most common thing to hear of. Yeah. Um. So it's like, you know, mm. you're always gonna have those outliers that just uh, make things uh, a little uh, mm. difficult for you to figure out, like what kind of race they might be. But yeah. it is, it is a thing. Like even as I call patients every day to confirm their appointments, sometimes yeah. they don't have pictures in their charts. Yeah. So all I have is their name. Hey y'all. And so uh-huh. like, all I have is their name and like the fact that they're a guy or a girl yeah. and from there. It's just like, like I, all, all I can tell it, it's, it's pretty easy sometimes because mm. sometimes they have a super Hispanic name and yeah. I'm just like, this motherfucker speaks <laughs> Spanish. Like they'll be uh-huh. like, like Diego Maradona, La Castillo, Diego Maradona de la Pacacela, and I'm just like, uh huh. There's a disease where you can wake up out of nowhere. Like you don't necessarily have to be hand to head or anything, but you can wake up one day and just develop a completely different accent. So there's like it's not mm. so rare, but it's definitely uncommon. Where like there's a there's a video of an Asian person who spoke who woke up and she completes she speaks with a complete Irish accent now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Fuck? And then there's another lady who's white who. <laughs> She developed a completely Asian accent. So, oh yeah, yeah. did you see what? that Austin? Did I send that to you? No, Austin Butler yeah. says that he's been stuck with the Elvis voice. You know, like, since, like, like hey, what the movie. you doing? Yeah, he's just like <laughs> he just hasn't been able to like cut nah. it out of his system. Really? Yeah, I bet you he's bullshitting. I think he's just a real big fan of Elvis. But the but the white lady, <laughs> she got a big Asian accent. So whenever she goes out to like Chinatown or something. Like she, she talking like this. I don't know how Asian, like, you know, I don't want to do an Asian accent because mm-hmm. I just can't pinpoint it right now. Like, hello, you know, like that type of shit. Honestly, I might be wrong because she's actually, like, the disease is that you actually have a real Asian accent. Like, it's fully blown out. Like, if you've been talking to your whole life. Yeah. And people would think she's being offensive, but she's like, bro, like, I dead ass have a disease. And it's crazy. The hero thing was completely uncalled for. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, my bad Asians. We said what we said. Stealing that name, show's name. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the We Said What We Said podcast. Even though we have no idea what they talk about, who they are, and where they come from. But shout out to them. But, you know, they got Spotify money. So, you know. Oh, they got, oh, they're like big? I mean, they got an ad on Spotify. They ain't as big as us. They probably are. (laughs) (laughs) More than likely. (laughs) But, you know, Um, I, I, you know, even thinking about like mm -hmm. getting big and shit like that, we do have some pretty exciting stuff lined up. We do. We definitely do. You know, (laughs) Patrick, uh, shout out to you, Patrick, if you're listening, I know you are because you've been hitting us up, hitting us up. Patrick of a Y. Patrick with a Y who lives in LA. Uh, Old friend of mine. I know with a Y. Um, and he's been saying that we constantly are saying that we have big things on the way and big news. And he's like, yo, what's the news? Like you keep saying you have big news. And I was like, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what we're referencing at all. I just think we just keep saying that. But I guess we just got big episodes coming up in the future and new ideas, promotions and stuff it's just, like you that. Know, it, when I say mm-hmm. we got big things lined up, yeah. you have to remember it's just February. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. We have a whole year. True. So we've only been doing the show for a year. Yeah, so when I say we got big things lined up, some things are going to take longer than others. Some Way things longer. are are going to be right around the yeah. corner. They um, might not ever happen. Some things might not, might not ever happen. We might so, die tomorrow. Uh, you know? Lightning might strike my my big toe, and yeah. I might have to go to the hospital to get Sometimes my appendix I might, removed. I might go to jail. You know? It happens. It, it happens, bro. But at the end of the day, we tried. We tried our hardest to just be progressive. Be be progressive. You but know what I'm talking about? I think I think it mm-hmm. works when I say that we got shit lined up for you guys. And Patrick's <laughs> like, what 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 is it? What is it? Yeah, what is it? Well, well, shout out to Patrick. And what are we doing today, Holly? What, what the fuck are we doing today, my friend? Mm-hmm. As always, as we do, we are yeah. talking about what's going on in the earth, in our minds, and this is why it matters. This is earth might matter. It's a Friday. Even though my voice is talking like it's a Monday, but trust me, it's a Friday. It's you a know, fucking Friday. You know, you know, with that cold weather, 
Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's definitely feeling some Garfield vibes out <laughs> Fucking there. Fucking trash out there. But we got a show lined up for you. Uh, a bunch of people just died in, what is it, Turkey or Syria? Yes. Or what is it? Turkey. Yeah. Turkey. Oops. You know, that's just really sad. That's just like 40,000 people that died. It's, mm. it's really sad. I, I only heard a couple of things. I haven't really kept up with it. Not that it's not major news and we shouldn't be addressing it. I just think a lot of people have heard about it. So it's not going to be one of the topics I talk about. But I heard two things from it. One, they found the cat in the midst of the destruction. Oh, yeah. And now the cat won't leave the guy's side, the guy who found it. That was pretty cool oh. news. They found two million in cash, which is pretty interesting. Like they okay. found they found they buried in the thing. What do you think they're gonna do with that? You think they're gonna find the rightful owner if they're not dead and like bring it to their family if they I, are? I doubt it. Or like just give it to the disaster relief. Probably to the relief. It's kind of trash. <laughs> you know. And then I saw this one video, it was very heartfelt, where some dad was found like shielding their child and the dad died, but the child survived. So oh, they man. pulled the child out of the grubble and everything. That was pretty sad. I mean, honestly speaking, when I first heard of that earthquake, it was it was intense, you know, but I couldn't believe that it was it rose to like 48,000. Yeah. And I think on the way to the recovery, they had another earthquake, which is just fucking crazy. bro. Yeah. And so, yeah, shout out. Not shout out, but like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> shout out to yeah. that earthquake. <laughs> uh, hearts out to Turkey and stuff like that, because that shit must not be easy to deal with. I mean, goddamn. And then I also heard uh, Harvey Weinstein and R. Kelly. Yeah. The big two, man. The big two. Yeah, the, the biggest guys on the planet right now. Fucking, I didn't know. Uh, so the last charge for Harvey Weinstein, I think he got 12 or 16 years more in prison. But I read a little into it just because, you know, he's already going to be in jail for so long. Not that what he did wasn't disgusting. But he raped a woman somewhere in some state. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the next charge was, that, she, that he had raped somebody. I think he had also sexually assaulted Governor Newsom's. Um, like wife oh yeah you know Nelson, right the california governor oh that's yeah. a california governor yeah so okay. his wife i think she was also a part of the whole allegations and everything okay um but in utah there was like 94 women who went to go how can i say like accuse his doctor of sexual assault and one of them was saying that he had like performed you know doctor things on her and he had stuck his fingers in her vagina like felt up her breast and like in, like entered entered her rectum like her asshole you know, and apparently in Utah, it's real difficult to like sue for that because they just label it as you have to bring that up with the medical board. It can't really be ruled as sexual assault. And oh. so there's 94 women and uh, out there. That's kind of crazy. Man. Wow. Yeah. So actually, let me look up this guy's name for anybody that's interested. Harvey uh, Weinstein. <laughs> Harvey Martinez. <laughs> that was his time in Utah. It's coming right here. It's like doctor something. Well, definitely doctor. <laughs> just some random stranger. Dr. Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> Dr. David Broadbent. Uh, Broadbent spelled B-R-O-A-D-B-E-N-T. Yeah, but this 94 woman um, that had just basically, you know, have done, done, he's done dirty. And it's crazy. And R. Kelly, I didn't read about, but that motherfucker's just going down, man. He's just, <laughs> bro, that motherfucker <laughs> pees on people. Huh? Nah, bro. I mean, R. Kelly's an innocent man. <laughs> He's an innocent man. Did I ever tell He's you? He's a man of God. Uh, I honestly can't remember if I told you or not, uh, but when I was in uh, Cali, uh, we went to a karaoke bar, mm-hmm. and when I was flipping through the book that they had of all the songs they had, they cross out all the R. Kelly songs. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, like with a pen, cross it out. Yeah, I'll show, I'll show you the picture. Damn, bro. he has some bangers though. <laughs> That's that's what that's what someone uh, wrote on the paper. Oh, they wrote he has some bangers. Yeah, that's I, some, I'll that's show a, you right now. It was now. me. On, it was me on. who flew to LA to do that shit and everything. Yeah, people are like, yeah. I get it. Uh, I get it. Something, mm-hmm. uh, 
some of the best songs. <laughs> I believe I can fly. I get it, but sucks. Some of the best songs. I believe I can touch the sky. But yeah. I think about it every night and day. <laughs> Spread my wings and fly away. That's R. Kelly, bro. R. Kelly wrote that shit down <laughs> on a piece of paper and sung that shit. But now he's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so his song is in Space Jam. I don't know. Hey Siri, how old is R. Kelly? I'm about to find out just for you. He's 56. He's going to be in prison for the rest of life, probably. <laughs> More than likely. I, I did see for the Harvey Weinstein thing yeah. that um he's going to be serving like two of his sentences two of his sentences mm-hmm. like at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. which just kind of like, I don't understand why they're doing that. Like they're going to be back to back. So if it's like 10, 10, it'll be, no, it's not back to back. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be serving them at the same time. So like, like yeah. half of his body in one prison, half his body in the prison. Like, I, yeah, kind of <laughs> where it's just like, he has, a, I think it was like a 16 year sentence. And then mm-hmm. another was an 18 year sentence or something like that. Yeah. And that, he was going to be serving both of them simultaneously. That's stupid. What the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. That's some, but he's also going to get like 12 more years. I think he has 23 years also, but he's for sure going to die in prison. But there's no way he isn't. I mean, that's what the newspaper said. So I'm going to just go on and believe it. <laughs> but um, I mean, no, it's a lot of terrible things that he did. And it's, uh, I mean, I, it, he has a lot of good movies that he produced and everything. So it's very, I mean, we've, I don't know if we've covered one of his movies so far, honestly speaking. I know he doesn't direct them. I know he's like under the company of his name and shit like that. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know if we have covered any wine scene company movies. Let's see. Let's see. Let's fucking figure it out. I mean, they can't even give me a list. God damn it. Uh, I think Letterbox um, will like separates like uh, filmmakers by yeah. producer and director and stuff like that. Nah, it's because I use fucking um, DuckDuckGo. Oh. And I try to use it, but honestly speaking, man, that shit is complete trash. Like it, it's good for like uh, what's it called? The, 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 the search engine, like if you want to hide, be secrecy and stuff. But I always end up going to Google. Man, this guy, I mean, the Weinstein Company has done a lot of movies. I'll name a couple that you probably know: The Hateful Eight, uh, The Founder, with McDonald's movie, uh, Burnt with what's his name, Bradley Cooper. I don't know. Oh no? wait, oh that's the one where he's a chef. Yeah, yeah. I just heard about it recently. <laughs> that, that movie looks like kind of so dumb, dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Bradley Cooper, so of course it is. Uh, Paddington, the bear, the Mandela movie. They did Django. Did you uh, know that Paddington Two is uh-huh. one of the best rated movies of all time? Bro, the first one looks like I'll cry during it. It looks pretty like pleasant, <laughs> honestly speaking. We gotta check it out one day. Like literally, yeah. Paddington Two has like a ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. I never. What about that movie that came out? I don't know if you ever saw about the little shell. Marcel, but, the little was, was the shell movie? shoes on. Yeah. I never got to see it, but it's Damn. on streaming now. You have little old bro. You were like, I'm gonna go watch that shit. But it was a uh, fucking oh shit. It looked interesting. Oh, be, it, the Weinstein Company also did uh, Spy Kids. They did, let's see, Halloween 2, Piranha. I haven't watched that movie in mad long. I, watched that I never watched it. Piranha's, Piranha's a good movie. Zack and Miriam make a porno, superhero movie. They've also made Death Proof. I mean, all the Tarantino movies, I'm assuming. Uh, Scary Movie 4, Venom. Let's see. Damn, there's a lot of fucking movies. Kill Bill. I, I know I keep saying characters. Uh, Gangs of New York. Let me go on the list. These are all Weinstein movies. Jackie Brown, great movie. Another Tarantino movie. Let's see. Fucking. Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of movies that are under the Weinstein company. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> pretty Lion with the guy from. I, I don't know. If, I don't want to be mistaken. No, fuck it. I'm not going to say it. 
I saw Lion in the theater though. I had a I had a egg and cheese with tomato and lettuce that day. Which one is Lion? Lion is a movie. It's actually a real good movie. Um, to is that read the, the one the Fidja Selba. Nah, it's about like uh, five year old Saru gets lost on a train which takes him thousands of miles across India away from home and family. Saru must learn to survive alone in Kolkata before ultimately being adopted by an Australian couple. Twenty five years later, armed with only a handful of memories, he just you know this guy. You know who this guy is? And this is this brown guy. You know oh. who he is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in The Green Knight. There we go. Who's The Green Knight? Oh, you haven't seen Green Knight? No idea so what the good. fuck that is. This yeah, guy, yeah, you, look, you look nothing like this motherfucker, bro. What? This motherfucker looks like more like Jesus Christ than you. <laughs> this, that's the brown. I mean, Jesus Isn't Christ. It, is probably, I think his name is Alex Jones. <laughs> no, not Alex Jones. Alex Jones bro. I think his name is Alex something. This guy right here? You think you look like Jesus? You look like more like the Mona Lisa. Honestly, me too. Honestly, me too. I think I think Jesus could have looked like Link. His name is Dev Patel. Dev Patel. Yeah, but um. Yeah, he uh, he was in the Green Knight. I think he was also in, in Hereditary. Oh really? Um, I no, that's some other guy. That's some other the the son, right? Yeah. Nah, it, that's definitely not him. Then if it if it isn't, then that you, you just actor, think all brown people look alike. If it isn't, then that actor's name is Alex something. Alex Smith. That's I mean, a that's I a football I'm player. I'm confused. Let's see, Hereditary. I'm gonna tell you right now, just so we could be sure. Let's see. Nah, Alex Wolf. Alex, Alex Wolf. Wolf. Okay. There we go. That's a good movie though. Hereditary is definitely a great movie. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Green Knight is just a. It's it's a retelling of um, one of um, the stories of the Round Table of Arthur's mm-hmm. uh, Round Table, um, about the Green Knight, and it's just a. It's an old myth. There's like mm-hmm. an original like myth that you can read of it, and so the movie is just a retelling of it. What is it um, a murder? No, it's not uh-huh. a murder. It's a. Kind of like the premise of it is just that uh, this guy has to sort of um, go out and venture to kill this mm. uh, knight that they call the Green Knight, mm. and um, so he wants to murder the Green Knight. Yes, and uh-huh. like the Green Knight is kind of like a bad guy and stuff, and so mm. he, like he's supposed to be like the hero that's gonna save the day and stuff, yeah, and that's, the hero they deserve. Yeah, and so mm. that's that's the whole story. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I've never read the original myth. Um, people say that it's very different. Mm. I'm not surprised, obviously, but. Uh, the movie was really good. Where do you go to read a myth? Just online? I I guess so. Yeah. Right? You just go yeah. online. You don't really seek out myth. I mean, I guess a book. Yeah, too. I guess you can go to library too. <laughs> I guess if you're fucking nerdy, you know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. So I got three topics for you today. I got some quick topics, but pretty much it was just R. Kelly and Harvey Weinstein and stuff. I had a couple, but I just have no idea where they are. I could look through my screenshots if you want to occupy the mic real quick and say some shit oh, to the people. Oh, I mean, I'll just say that like mm-hmm. in terms of like another quickie, mm-hmm. uh, I'll pull up my information real quick. Well. But uh, Bobby Kotick, uh, if you remember him, the CEO of Activision Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. Um, he actually had some interesting things to say because uh, everyone is is really hesitant about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard now. Yeah. Like everyone meaning like the governments and stuff like that. World mm-hmm. governments are all like, oh, we don't know about this actually because Sony did a lot of crying about it. And like, hey, guys, this would be like so bad for mm-hmm. like the, the video game industry if they bought Activision Blizzard. Like yeah. think about Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just like Microsoft has like said over and over and over again like we're not gonna make call of duty exclusive we're not yeah. gonna do that and somebody's like no it's the end of the world it, yeah. it's the end of the world they're gonna yeah. take up all the competition we want money you know and it's just that whole thing's been going on back and forth so bobby code kind of actually said something where i was like damn i have to give you some respect for that that's the one with the 
back we talked about it in I forget what episode. I think it was episode three. Episode three? Get the fuck out of here. Three? I think so. I don't think so. I thought it was in double digits. Nah, I guess yeah. it was a really early episode, and uh, I no think, way it was. Three. I think it's one of our top episodes that that people have listened to. Well, um, it was the whole thing where the company was basically having a sexist like work environment, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And what do you say? Uh, I don't have the exact quote, but basically, um, he kind of said it was episode three. Yeah, which was crazy. Uh, but he. Because, like, he was on the news and people were just asking him, like, oh, like, mm-hmm. what do you think of all these uh, governments trying to basically block the acquisition happening and stuff? And he just kind of said, I think a lot of these people that work in these spaces uh, don't necessarily understand how our industry works, mm-hmm. how video games work. A lot of these people are still learning, mm-hmm. like, how our industry like works at all yeah and so for a lot of these government people he just said that it's brand new to them and so for them to be hesitant Mm -hmm. like makes sense but it's also kind of like guys like you also don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. in in all respect that they don't know what they're talking about i don't know that sounds kind of like like now i want to say donald trumpish but that's also kind of just like hey stay out the conversation I mean, what if you're a well, consumer? They're not, they're stuff, not telling you know? them to stay out of the conversation. Yeah. He's just saying that, like, I mean, if I'm having a conversation with somebody and you try to give your input, and I'm like, "Hey, bro, you don't know what you're talking about." It's kind of like saying, "Get the fuck out of the conversation." You have no idea how to participate I, within it, you know? I mean, they uh-huh. like that. That's what he had to say. Yeah, yeah. Like Microsoft as a whole has been definitely a lot more formal. And again, that wasn't mm-hmm. a direct quote. I don't know what. Oh, he for said sure, yeah, exactly. paraphrase. Mm-hmm. So, um. Mm-hmm. but yeah, it, I just thought that was pretty interesting. Where I just mm-hmm. had to kind of be like, okay, like some respect to that because uh we there the the video game industry and laws are becoming uh is a growing relationship Mm -hmm. like the fact that we have uh like people are trying to establish laws around uh, gambling in terms of loot boxes and shit like that Mm -hmm. and video games and all that stuff Mm -hmm. so it's it's still early days for those kinds of things of government getting involved in video games so there's going to be fumbles. We're going to have missteps and things like that. But mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. I saw one thing with uh, Mexico where I don't have any details on it, but M- NPR is a great uh, source of quick information. NPR mm-hmm. and, and like Neanderthal. And it says this. It says Mexico's former public security head is convicted in the U.S. of taking cartel bribes. So Mexico's former public security secretary, Genaro Garcia Luna, has been found guilty of drug trafficking. He is the highest ranking Mexican official ever to be tried in the United States. He stood he stood accused of taking millions of dollars in bribes from the very drug cartels he was supposed to be cracking down on. Damn. Some crazy shit, man. So I mean I mean, of course a lot of people think Mexico they think, you know, cartel or like scared or this and that. And it has that reputation of being so. But it's it's wild, man, because like you can't trust in the politics. And I know the president in Mexico right now, let me look up his name. He's real big on trying to uh like Mr. stop corruption. President. Huh? Mr. President. Mr. President, yeah. And yeah, have you heard about El Chapo and him trying to contact the president of uh, Mexico? Mm-mm. So basically, uh, he he doesn't like you here in the U.S. at all. He thinks he's being treated inc- like you know unfairly. Uh, what, what's his name? Hold on. Uh, how come they don't say his name here? I looked up. Oh no, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the president. <laughs> yeah. With this guy right here. Well, and his big thing is cracking down on corruption. Damn, he look kind of thick. <laughs> he pretty thick. <laughs> and uh, thick with corruption. Yeah. And basically, our travel is saying that he's getting unfair treatment in the U.S. And that he wrote a letter to the president himself. Uh, the president himself to like read it and try to get him at least to be in prison in Mexico. Which, you know, being that he broke out of prison already like three times, probably not the best idea. 
but the president said that he'd read it at the very least you know but it's like damn bro and you know it's because of tv today like narcos and stuff like that it's real easy to you know popularize or kind of like make El Chapo seem like a cool person but that was a bad person <laughs> you know and uh, I don't know if you ever seen the footage of him getting to, to the United States no I haven't you've never seen the footage it's real crazy man If you, I'm gonna show you right now but basically the the footage is him landing here and then he's being he's being brought into like uh, the airport and his eyes man it's crazy like, it's the first time you can see fear in his eyes he's like oh my god where he's, the he's fuck like, am I he's like ay 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 and let me show you right now hold on so if you look right here, uh, this you don't got to put in the episode. He showed me the wrong video. He showed me the goddamn wrong video. All right, so I just saw how the video of El Chapo arriving to the U.S. and it's crazy. Actually, they uh, when they brought him here to the U.S., I think he landed in New York City, um, but they shut mm-hmm. down the they, ooh, they shut down the Brooklyn Bridge because he was on it. Like they oh, were taking, man. they were transporting him stuff like that. But if you see his eyes, man, that's a guy who's probably seen like death and just some crazy stuff. But it looks like he's fucking just in fear for his life. He's probably I mean? cut some dicks off, and right now probably, his dick man. is like shriveling up inside of him. <laughs> you know what a Colombian necktie is? No, no, it's when is, uh, is that when you wrap a dick around someone's neck and choke him out? Yeah, only only if uh, your name's Javi Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's when they slit your throat and they pull your tongue out your throat. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a Colombian necktie. That's a cartel thing and everything. It's crazy. It's real stuff. And, uh, oh man, I mean, I've seen those videos, the cartel members, uh, hang, like chopping off people's heads and stuff like that and everything. And real, real wild stuff, man. So idolizing was the word idolizing, like, you know, bad figures such mm-hmm. as this guy mm-hmm. and everything, but it's weird, man. That's fucking some crazy shit right there. So I don't know how he feels, but fuck that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Cause that shit is crazy. And then the last thing about him is that when his son got arrested, do you, you did you hear about that? The whole shootout. Damn, bro, what the nah. fuck? What are you, you oh, just wait, yeah. shootout? Yeah. Uh, was it like outside of a mall or something? I don't know about that, but when his son, um, when his son got arrested, uh, the police were transporting him to a prison, and the cartel just got in this big just shootout with the with the uh, Mexican military or, or police, and like m- so many people died and stuff like that. It was just an all out brawl shooting. Between until they released them back, and the, the the police basically ended up giving back the son to the cartel. That's how crazy it is over there. Also in Mexico, when there was a, a very big like protest, like a feminist protest, uh, I think there was a big shooting there too. Uh, and it's some crazy shit. And I don't just mean to say that. I mean there are a lot of great things about Mexico too, for sure. It's just real crazy stuff, how man. That, all that traces back from you know corruption and all this like machismo stuff and everything, and it's some real crazy shit. Like I guess if we if we had our show in Mexico, we'd have the most news to talk about. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. is nothing compared to us, but um, this nah, week Manuel got stabbed. <laughs> Which one? All of them. <laughs> For what? Everything. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, man. But um, but yeah, of course, there's been a bunch of shootings in the U.S. Uh, there was one recently that was targeting Hispanics. I think in Texas or probably some country like that. And yeah, man, just some real upsetting news all over the place. But that's that's what we that's what our whole podcast is based off. <laughs> Sadness. I, and, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, we have positive news, like the nine year old yeah. from last week. Yeah, the bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, um, we have learned to sort of like uh, maybe not talk about such huge topics like that. Of course, yeah. Like we have done it before in the past, but. Yeah. You know, numbers speak. You yeah. guys don't really want I mean, to hear And they're stuff. oversaturated and stuff like that, you yeah. know? Like, there's way too many opinions on that. Uh, but I, I think also it's important to cover it at times because, you know, if we really do a, a thorough, you know, study on it and, like, really try to get all the facts together, I think in today's climate, the problem is that headlines kind of just 
people think they know everything because of a headline, you know, and there's a lot of details in there that, you know, are really crucial. My topics today are not big news. Um, Fucking drowning over here. <laughs> that's the tea, bro. Waterboarding. <laughs> um, but one of the biggest things happening right now is Malcolm X's family suing the police department. Have you heard about that? No. Bro, do you even look at the news, bro? <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, they're, they're, from what I know is that Malcolm X's family is suing the police department for how they mishandled the assassination of the father. So the, the daughter and a, lo- a bunch of other people, they're suing the, the police department, the government, and like two other agencies because of how they handled the assassination of Malcolm X. Hmm. It's crazy. And Black History Month. You know what? Mm-hmm. I just learned something today. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. gonna I'm gonna try to pull up her name. Okay. Let me see if I remember her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait, uh, what, what do you think their name is? Lackenzie. Lackenzie. What kind of fucking name is that? No, I'm kidding. It's a nice name. Any Lackenzie listening out there? Sound like Mackenzie, just less. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I try to fill the the dead air. Henrietta Lacks. Henrietta Lacks. Who's that? So Henrietta Lacks, uh, I learned this today because um, my job was celebrating. But my job was celebrating Black History Month today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Today was your job to celebrate Black History Month? For the first half of the day, yeah. We, like, oh, you just, you just celebrated the first half of the day? Not the whole month? Nah, not the whole <laughs> month. Just the first half of the day. <laughs> just six hours? Uh, two hours. <laughs> two hours. Uh, but okay. yeah, there were like presentations and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. my one coworker told us about this Henrietta Lacks lady mm-hmm. from the fifties that, uh, she's a black woman and, um, that's it. She, <laughs> she, uh, uh, went to doctors. She's from Maryland. She went mm-hmm. to doctors and, um, apparently back then, uh, they didn't have to ask for consent or to let you know that they would experiment on your cells. Mm. So uh, doctors back then during the 50s and stuff would take like sample cells of patients and experiment on them after the patients are gone. Really? And what they found out about Henrietta Lacks is that her cells, they kept uh, regrowing. They never died. And oh, shit. Uh, they they dubbed her um, the immortal woman just because her cells kept regenerating no matter what. Is she, she dead now? She's dead now. They were she, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but she died at like 31. So uh-huh. she didn't even live a long life, which oh, sucks. Damn. That but, does um, uh, like they used her cells to mm. find vaccines for a bunch of like diseases. Wow, stuff like that's that. amazing. Like, like measles and yeah, things yeah. like that. They've never and, found anybody else with regenerative cells. Not not as strong as hers. They're, That's they're, crazy. They're still regenerating today. They're still like her cells are still alive. So I today. guess the unethical use of you know someone in cells led so, to something great. So yeah. So yeah. there there's a whole thing now where apparently the family is trying to get reparations uh, of okay for that situation. Yeah. They got uh, the lawyer who covered uh, the George Floyd uh, murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows what happened? Who That's interesting. That, but, I mean, I yeah. definitely I think they should get something, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Or a lot of things. Cause literally it's her body. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting how that works. I, I still wonder when reparations will take, you know, honestly like effect and this and that, or like, you know, be brought into effect is my better way to phrase it. Because, um, I mean, what do you think about reparations? Like, and not just like, a, oh, I think I'm for it or this and that. Like, how do you think it should be handled and distributed if it was to arise or if you're not, if you're not for it at all? I don't know. Mm. I, I like. I've never looked too much into reparations to have too much of a mm-hmm. of a of a educated like discussion of like. I think it should be distributed this way yeah. or that way. Um, all I really can say is just kind of like it. 
I, I'm honestly not even sure if mm-hmm. like, if we should do reparations, mm-hmm. but I'm not black. So who am I to say? I mean, you have so, a, an, a, I think that's the whole thing that like you have an opinion, no, of course, it, you know, like, I don't, I don't I, think that like that, comes that, along that, with the that's opinion. That's just like my, yeah. my inner monologue uh-huh. of like how I feel about this. Cause like, yeah. why I haven't necessarily put too much thought to it just cause mm-hmm. like, I like, Obviously, I can have my opinion. It's just, mm-hmm. I guess I haven't put too much thought into it because yeah. it doesn't affect me directly. Technically, you are black. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm super black, actually. No, like, literally, statistically no, speaking. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like the blackest person in the room. <laughs> no, like you did a 23andMe shit. You're yeah. actually black. You know what I mean? So so you can't, I mean, and what? Being black. Reparations. Reparations. So like my question was like with reparations, whether you are for it or against it. And if so, like, say you are for it, like, how do you think it should be distributed in terms of, you know, well, giving black people money, like anybody, and and to be more specific, huh? Well, that's what it is. So Lucas yeah. is saying only black people, <laughs> but that's what I think too, you know, because obviously anybody who's been scrutinized by the government or something like that, right? Of, of different, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like I, so I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know any. I think obviously slavery is the biggest reason why reparations is the biggest talk of it all, you know. And for sure, it's a, a huge flaw of the American. I mean, the hugest flaw of the American history, you know. It's uh, it's it's the worst. But I think that's what it is. Also, I wonder how many people think like, oh, where's my money then? Like you know, of the Japanese when they were put in little concentration camps when you know Pearl Harbor after that, mm-hmm. or like Mexicans and this and that. I mean, I don't know. I think Mexicans have endured, but what about like with Texas and the war and stuff like that? I don't know. I know, I know those things aren't anywhere as near as bad as literally slavery, like literally bringing people from different countries on boats, you know, to change, treat them less than what they are. Like, but. Many people have that opinion and stuff like, is it only black people? And I mean, I think for sure that's the priority, you know, but I think I think you're able to speak on it, you know. And I mean, if you were to let only black people decide on reparations, clearly they would say, yeah, you know, but the economy is made up of. Would they, though? Because like I've met plenty of black people who don't really agree with reparations. And Mm. because like and and it also comes back to like this idea of um not wanting to take like a a, a, handout? a, a handout from the government mm-hmm. like uh well and, i mean i wouldn't and, call i mean that's all well, that's all interpretation though no of course yeah, yeah. And, and then there are other people who don't want to have to hear it from like other people that they got mm-hmm. reparations like uh i saw um well it's like the, it's like uh what's it called ebt and what's it called uh, food stamps? welfare and stuff yeah, like and that. that yeah yeah like but uh, th- those, aren't, those aren't the same thing but they would be stereotyped the same way yeah like yeah. The, there's like the some like I've seen some black people mm-hmm. don't want to deal with the possible stigma that could come with reparations. Yeah. I mean, for and sure. So uh, there, there's even um, in like the first episode of the Watchmen show on HBO, mm-hmm. amazing fucking show. It's trash. Um, but they it it takes place like in the future or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, at this point in time, in the future, like reparations have happened for black people. Yeah. And so the main character, she opens up a shop with her reparations money and. Um, and like some, uh, she's, uh, in a classroom talking about like her job and stuff. And one of the kids, a white kid is like, oh, but you, you bought that shop with like your reparation money and stuff Mm -hmm. and like try to like downplay it. So it's like things like that, um, could, could happen if reparations did come out. So look at this in the 20th century, the country issued reparations for Japanese American internment, native land seizures, massacres and police brutality. And then it says, will slavery be next? And then when you, when you think of Native Americans and stuff like that, too. So, I mean, it has happened before. Reparations have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why the Japanese are so damn wealthy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
I but think yeah. we should just give the country back to the Native Americans. I think we should just all move back to Europe. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm Inuit. Uh, yeah. Oh, huh? I'm Mexican too. Yeah, I'm Inuit and Mexican. That's what I'm saying, bro. Mexicans have a lot of land. But back, but back to. <laughs> I mean, this dirt is no one's. You know, it, it all belongs to Harvey Weinstein. You know, what I'm trying to say so. Uh, how can I say? No, but when it when it comes down to reparations for black people, I I understand all that stuff too. Like to an extent, I don't understand the full conversation. I just remember I remember I tuned in, um, to one like it was like one court, online court thing because COVID was still going on, and they were discussing reparations in the country. And there was this one guy who said, and you're right, not all black people, and I shouldn't have said that all black people would be for reparations. I just think also it being misinterpreted and 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 like adding that baggage that really isn't the point of it, you know, because. I think, like, just like the lady with the cells, you know, like, it's like paying your dues to somebody who really contributed to society without a choice, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know how, was it, like, was it harmful to her when they took her cells, or was it just, like, a Well, they did it to, like, everyone. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. It's like, it didn't hurt. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is that with the court and the discussion they were having, they were like, okay, if we do you know, give reparations, who gets them? Mm-hmm. You know, is it everybody that's black or is it just the people that were truly affected by slavery? Meaning, you know, those that have like historic ties to the families that were enslaved by the white people. You know, like, how does that work? You know? Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I was just saying, like, there could be like people from different, you know, countries and stuff like that that mm-hmm. move, you know, black people from different countries that yeah, never no, have I mean, family it's a, here. It's a difficult conversation. Yeah. It's just like, what do you think about that point, though? Like, uh, well, like, it, should it be like, in, if you're black in America, should you get reparations, or if you're if you've been affected because of your family tree of slavery, should you get reparations? Well, I I would hope that that's like it'd be the latter. I would mm-hmm. hope that like that would be more of the intent. Yeah, um, like those uh, affected truly by slavery and stuff. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so it's like I. I again, I don't know the conversation mm-hmm. too well, but I think that's what mo- like the well, reasoning. What do you think, is. though? What do you think? No, like, what, I, like, what's your opinion? No, on I, I, I'm uh, saying it, motherfucker. Okay, no, you keep saying like I let, think, I think. Wait, wait, what's the what's this Javi thing? Let me finish. <laughs> I just my uh, bad, bro. He's your reparations. Hold on, <laughs> just throw some nickels at you. <laughs> <laughs> He's making it hell. Uh-huh. But no, I just. Mm-hmm. I I just genuinely don't have much of an opinion of whether or not they should get reparations or not. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, if mm-hmm. if it, if it does happen, yeah. it should stem from uh, historical ties of oppression mm-hmm. such as slavery and things yeah. like that. Um, because, but then that's hard to, to pinpoint down. It's not that's that hard. hard. I mean, I think it'll be kind of hard to pinpoint. Yeah, and also like people, yeah. some some people. Yeah, Lucas said it's like hard to pinpoint who actually had a was affected by slavery, and I I agree because some of the names that are given and stuff like that they're given like that's why a lot of black people have like names like John like not I don't know about John but like like American names mm-hmm. you know yeah but, yeah but I there's also like plenty of mm-hmm. like black people with families that like have passed down their stories of and things yeah like but that's that. a limit. Yeah, because yeah, but they can take that to court and like. That's what, uh, that people. You, you people, can't just bring people, stories to court. I think you have to have actual not. proof. I, I you know, know that, and and some people like, just died. I, you know. Yeah, but so, but who's but who's to say these families don't have the evidence? Who's to say they don't have the pictures? I mean, and stuff like it, that? it'd be harder to say that everybody has the evidence. Yes. you know that'd be. The people who are like, uh, you're talking about like they might have evidence. Of course, there's going to be families that have evidence. I'm talking about the people who don't, because there's a lot of shit that the government covers up. 
and like they don't want people to know especially us we don't know how it was back then like like first experience you know what i'm saying and there's so much like families that have been like abolished or like fucked up by the government and they just try to hide it off because at the time that's what it, it was just the thing to do that's what i'm saying it's hard to pinpoint like like almost every family that was like affected. i i just don't think it'd be like I I think I think we'd get a majority. I I'm, I don't think I'm, so. I'm, I I don't think majority. I think maybe barely half. Yeah. I I, I think it would be very I'm difficult not, to trace I, back. I'm not even mm-hmm. thinking like eighty percent. I'm saying like at least like sixty five percent. That's that's still not a hundred percent though. That's where the I'm, flaw comes in. No, you know what I mean? obviously yeah. I'm not justifying yeah. it. I'm get get out of here, Hobbit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You asked for my opinion. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I, I for sure think less than half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, well, color me optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm a, I'm gonna Google it. How many black people in America are affected by slavery? Uh, it was actually there's actually not that much black people in the U.S. Is like the majority of people is still white people, and I think the second next is Latinos because they're soon to be the majority. But black people are the population isn't as a. Uh, it's huge. And I'm not saying that off a whim. Like, this is actually true. Um, let's see. They did. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, a, a good joke that I always hear that in L.A., they, they say that they have a sense of, census of the amount of people they have, but they don't count all the uh, undocumented Mexicans or, like, any Hispanics. Homeless people on the streets. Mm-hmm. The thing about the families that have been homeless for generations they're not documented. They say they're homeless for generations. Damn. Welcome to the welcome to the reparations yeah. episode. <laughs> what? Generational wealth. Generational wealth. I'm trying to see how much people have been affected by slavery in America. Uh, let's see. Because of slavery, is often difficult for them to trace their ancestry prior to the 1870 census. Records of the enslaved are often handwritten, poorly maintained, or simply lost over time. In light of this, the survey asks black Americans to share what they know of their family and ancestral histories. It also asks black Americans about the ways they learned about their family stories and backgrounds. Um, I'm going to just read two more paragraphs. I don't want to read too much. Black Americans were asked if they had done any of the following to learn about their family history, speaking to their relatives, conducting research online, or using a mail-in DNA service such as Ancestry DNA or 23andMe. Overall, 43% of black adults used at least one of these methods, 25% used two, 11% used all three, and 20, 22% did not use any. Uh, black immigrants, 31%, were about as likely a, a U.S.-born black adult, 36%, to have done two or more. Okay, whatever. They're just saying what they did. Um, we should really look into this and just talk about it because <laughs> this is pretty interesting. And at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't really have a direct answer on how reparations should be handled because I think it's a very complicated way to handle in, in itself. I just think that when it comes to the additional things of like, oh, I don't want a handout. I don't want this and that. I just think you have to always look back at, you know, when, even when you look at communities that do poorly in terms of education, a lot of it stems back from like a broken home and this and that, or like not having both parents in the house or drugs or this and that, which is, you know, happens a lot in different neighborhoods and different ethnicities, but also different races. And black people are obviously a big factor in that given America, you know? And so I think when you come down to it, like generational wealth, like he said, like the people who are, you know, more likely to thrive today are white people, you know, and because the, you know, the history calls for it, not all of them and this and that, but, uh, I just think that, you know, 
could your life have been flawed because you never had a good chance to start with? You know, did the government put crack in the black communities? I think so. Is that is that why the DA sprouted? I believe so. But that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a whole conspiracy and shit like that. But it's pretty much true. Yeah. Honestly <laughs> speaking. But yeah. Didn't they teach us that in school? No, that's definitely something they don't teach at all. They they were yeah they that's something I've been hearing about it. It's just something that makes sense. They don't like they yeah. tell us in school mm-hmm. and they don't. Like yeah. There's so much laws that were so fucked up in regards to like crack and heroin. Where I remember one thing that I read in like Carl Hart's book, the drug use for adults. It's a real good book, man. I gotta finish that shit because I'm slacking. But one of the things was this real harsh law under the name of some white guy. I'm so, I'm assuming. And basically, like, if you were caught with crack, even if it was a first time offense, you would get 25 years of life automatically, Oof. even like a gram. And um, they would have rehabil- rehabilitation centers in the city, you know. And, you know, at first you would get to go inside and get treatment and stuff like that. But then they were like, why the fuck are you, you know, giving all these drug addicts, you know, treatments like so well, like unlike other people. And so they were they limited the amount of offices that were around and the lines would be outside. Because there was such small space and everybody would look at those people on the line, like, look at these drug addicts and this and that. And um, I mean, these are a lot of things that primarily happen to black people. man. it's real true. Uh, there's another thing with like Coca-Cola and cocaine and Coca-Cola using the coca leaf and stuff like that. Yeah. And that, that was first, um, you know, instilled in black communities. So there's a, there's a lot of iffy stuff about America's history and it's fucked up. I had a I had a friend that um knew about that like coke and coke yeah. uh, fact, and like when he learned about it, he learned about it late. He learned about it basically like after high school. Mm-hmm. But after he learned it, he was like, "Did you know this? Did you know that?" I'm talking about Neff Lucas. Mm-hmm. Like he, this guy Neff would just be like, he'd bring it up in almost every conversation you had. If anyone's like, "Did you know this? Isn't that crazy?" And everyone just be like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> But no, I just, I'll just say that like there, there's, uh, I, I only question if we talked about that in school, just cause I genuinely couldn't remember, but mm-hmm. I, I am aware that, you know, there's just many things we don't learn about on a day to day. And, um, that that's why I always think it's important to just go out and find your own research. Oh, absolutely. What's up? School system. Like, like we all went to different schools now, right? Yeah. I mean, well, we, we went, went to the same, same high school. school. Yeah. But pretty much elementary and middle school. Middle school right? Yeah. Middle school. Just talk. Um, and uh, we all went at different times, right? So, like, isn't it crazy that if we go to seventh grade, we were all taught the same curriculum? Yeah, I mean, it is. But that, I think, I like, obviously it should be a little same, but, like, nothing's changed. Nothing switched up. I think the interest. I think the way it is that the American education system is so censored, uh, especially, like, how we see in Florida, how they're banning a lot of, like, I think Afro teachings and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean is like black history and blah, blah, blah. And how I think I always forget, I always forget to research it, but how they didn't want to say racism in a book. They wanted to say like all the under like lucky. And that's not what it is, but, uh, but look, look, I found the, I found the thing. I actually took a lot of notes. Let me just read this real quick. It's in Carl Hart's book, uh, adult, drug use, drug use for adults. By 1992, 90% of those sentenced under the harsh crack powder laws were black. They were required to serve a minimum prison sentence of at least five years for a small amount of crack. So five years, not 25, my bad. For small amounts of crack. Even that if is was, your bad. Even if it was a first offense, though, five years is crazy. 25 years is crazier. <laughs> of course. Uh, New York State's infamous 1973 Rockefeller drug minimum prison sentences of 15 years to life for possession of small amounts of heroin or other drugs. 
More than 90% of those convicted under Rockefeller laws were black or Latino, even though they were represented a minority of drug laws. And President Nixon praised methadone as a useful tool in the work of rehabilitating heroin addicts. On that, ought to be available to those who must do this work. There's a lot of stuff that's crazy, man. On April 14, 1986, USA bombed Libya in retaliation for Libyan-sponsored terrorism against American soldiers and citizens. Yeah, can we get that on a shirt? There's a lot of stuff that's crazy, man. <laughs> and the la- <laughs> this is the last thing. Less than one third of heroin users and less than one tenth of people prescribed opioids for pain will become addicted. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just a whole bunch of shit. But I'm using the bathroom real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, the only people that should get reparations are, you know, Panamanians. Drug drug users. Drug users and Panamanians. You know? If you're smoking weed, you deserve reparations. Honestly, bro. Honestly. But, you know, I just, I'm black and I want reparations. That's <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'm tall and I want Skittles. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, released my bowels, released my demons. All that reparation talk got me a little, what was it like? Got, got your bowels going. Got my bowels going, bro. It's, uh, you know, but it is what it is. And we have a show to run, so let's do this show. <laughs> <laughs> I told you uh, I got a date tonight. Yeah, you're right. Honestly speaking. I hope she's, hopefully she's black. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then you pay for dinner. You know what I mean? <sighs> Reparations. Ooh. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to just look at her and I'm going to just stare at her and wait for her <laughs> to take out her wallet. Just give her $7. Just, uh, and, and I'll leave a dollar tip. <laughs> there was the last thing I'll say about it. There was one time I was working at Starbucks and I was handing off the drinks and stuff like that. And I guess there was this trend going around on like TikTok or Instagram at the time. Who knows? And some little black kid comes up, like middle school, a little literally, but physically. And he's like, hey, man. I'm like, what's up, bro? He's just like, hey, man, I'm here to get my black reparations and my free drink. And I was like, oh. And he's like, you gonna give it to me? I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, nah. He was like, damn. And I was like, yeah, bro. He's like, you a cool dude. I was like, you too, man. I just gave him a dap. I was like, bye. <laughs> that was literally what happened. I was like, what the fuck? I can't so, wait till you're a dad. <laughs> <laughs> that ass. To my 18 black and Asian children. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? All adopted. Oh, my. Your four wives and 44 my children. My four wives. Yeah. And I'll be wearing a tie every day to my dad. <laughs> All right. So I got some topics for you. Uh, if you have any thoughts on reparations and think we're complete wrong, keep it to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Message us on Instagram, Earth Mind Matter Pod, TikTok, Earth Mind Matter Pod, or YouTube, Earth Mind Matter. Tell us whatever you want, as long as it ain't. Uh, what is it? As long as it ain't what? As long as it ain't about dicks. Honestly speaking. Like, I'm allergic yeah. to dicks. Yeah. If it's about dicks, you could probably message us. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, ah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not allergic to dicks. <laughs> All right. So, I got three topics for you, as per e. usual. You know what I mean? And uh, really quickly and vaguely, the first one is Zantac, a prescription drug. No, not Ooh. a prescription. A regular drug that was on the shelves, but isn't no longer. Ooh. Ooh. The second one is generative AI. Okay. Ooh, right? Pretty 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 hip, if I do <laughs> say so. And the third one for all you motherfuckers that like, you know, Marvel movies is Ant Man Quantanium, right? Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Ant Man and the Wasp. And the Wasp. <laughs> so just off the bat, we're gonna talk about Ant Man first. So if you have not watched the movie, uh there will be spoilers. Javi will put in a little, you know, marker I'll as to when right you can skip. Here. To skip ahead of spoilers, go to an hour, twenty minutes, and fifty seconds. And yeah, and then it'll tell you when to come back to the show or like skip over if you don't want any spoilers. But that'll be the first topic we talk about to spare you motherfuckers. But if you have watched it, we're going to start talking about it right now. <laughs> All right, so I saw Ant-Man right after you did. I think you saw it Friday. Uh, Saturday, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. I saw it Sunday night. 
So really close and everything. And uh, off the bat, I just saw that there was bad reviews for it. I think you said said it to me too. Yeah, I said yeah. it last episode. Mm-hmm. Even. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, all right, so now now that we can get more in depth with it, and we're now we're on topics and stuff like that. All right, so what did you think of Ant Man, and how did you think it upheld against the reviews that it got? Well, I know we spoke about it already <laughs> a little, but I guess we gotta do it for the show too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's funny because um, it's now tied with the Eternals as the lowest rated MCU movie. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'll just say that I guess it's completely possible that just like my expectations were lowered so much before mm-hmm. going into this movie, knowing like True. how much the critics didn't like it, that I didn't have a problem with it. Oh, that like, makes sense. Mm-hmm. The like all the criticism, all the criticisms that I've seen online yeah. are all legitimately fair. Every criticism that I've seen so far, I'm like, yeah, makes okay. sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, I, what I think that set the bar for me was that a lot of people were saying like, oh, you need to have watched all the old movies before this and you need you need to be caught up. So for some reason, I was thinking this was going to be a movie that involved the other Avengers. Uh-huh. So like like 40 minutes in, I'm like, what, y'all, is like the Hulk going to just come <laughs> out of nowhere and just fuck shit up and everything? So I guess I hadn't seen the reviews were bad before it. I think I was just going to go watch it. You know, it just had come out not too long ago. That's the first time I watched a movie like that quickly in a long mm-hmm. time. You watched it opening weekend. Pretty much. And... um. So I didn't really have higher low expectations. I just wanted to see like Thor in there or some shit like that. But given that it's an Ant-Man movie and this I thought about it in hindsight, I mean, all the Ant-Man movies are kind of subpar in comparison to like the major ones like spider oh, God <laughs> like Spider-Man or Thor or Hulk. So, I mean, I really like the first Ant-Man. I was all right with the second one. But at the end of the day, I never took them as serious as all the other ones, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so I think with that basis, I think for an Ant-Man movie, it was like stupendous. I think it was like the best one out of all of them to some extent. I think the first one was just funnier. And it had, what's his name? Uh, the Spanish guy? Michael Pena. Yeah, Michael Pena. And he's like, yeah. And I saw my grandma and she was there. She was like, what's up? And I was like, what's up? You know, and, and that, that shit was really they, funny. But They've asked yeah. Peyton Reed, who's directed the Ant-Man uh-huh. movies. They've asked him, why wasn't Luis yeah. in the movie? Or T.I. and shit like that. And he was just like, hey, it just, it, Peyton Reed has just said that mm-hmm. like it didn't make sense for the story for him to be there. Yeah. And I feel like even during the second movie, it got a little overplayed with the same type of jokes and everything and all that stuff. But um, ultimately, what I think is that it was a crazy movie, man. And to dive in a little, my immediate... First of all, shout out to Bill fucking Murray being in the movie. <laughs> I remember uh, during the, the movie, I was like, I know who this motherfucker is, of course. But I was like, what is his name? And I kept thinking Tom Hanks because he looks so old. And I was like, his name's like Tom... Uh, Michael George. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy's name? And then I go to, so I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? You know? And I told Beatrice, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, is he like, and she was like, you don't know who that is? I'm like, I'm like, no. And she, I, I, and I'm like, you know who that is? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, damn, you're caught up with the movies. You haven't seen the other Endmans. And I'm like, she's like, no, I don't know who the fucking character is, but it's Bill Murray. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? I'm a dickhead. <laughs> so the whole time I'm thinking, and I think I told you in text that this movie is, it has to be an homage to Star Wars. I mean, it's not, you know? I just, well, cause I, there's so much things that are alike. Well, it's cause, mm-hmm. uh, um, what I told you in the yeah. text when we were texting about it a little bit yeah. was that, uh, there, there are some comics that I've read where they go into mm-hmm. the macroverse yeah. and, uh, or I, I, it's either the micro or macroverse. Mm-hmm. It would make sense if it's micro, but I think macros probably just rolls out the tongue. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, they couldn't use that word for the movies because of legal- legality issues. Mm-hmm. So they went with quantum, uh, the quantum realm. Yeah. Uh, but in those comics that I've read of uh, the mm-hmm. mic- the mic- micro or macro verse, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like 
it's so good. It's mimic perfectly, of how right? How they uh, portrayed that. It was like an so, adaption of the comic, if anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a lot of like Star Wars vibes for sure, like the yeah. bar and stuff like well, that. Like, think about that. The bar, right? The enemies that were all aligned, stormtroopers, except they don't miss, right? And the first one, and then Kang using the force to choke the person's neck, the daughter's neck. Oh, I mean, that's just his powers. You know what I'm trying to say, though? But it was like literally the neck thing, you know what I'm trying to say? And so I feel like all those three combined with going to space and, or not going to space, going to the microverse and stuff like that or whatever it's called. Um, I just feel like all those, I mean, I don't know. I just had a huge, just reminiscent of like Star Wars and in a bunch of different ways. But the bar thing was the main one. I'm like, it's the same shit. You get me? Like, I, I've and seen, Futurama has done it for sure. A lot of other shows. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen like people like make the connections mm-hmm. and stuff to Star Wars and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like coincidence also, it, or like not that far from just aliens in general and stuff like that. That too. And it's mm-hmm. also just kind of like, again, like Star Wars was one of the first to do it. So True. it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to not yeah, copy yeah. them, I guess. Yeah, especially when you go into a different, you know, I guess the only difference was that they were smaller rather than like huge and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But visually, I mean, the movie's astounding. You know, uh, it's it's a, it's a beautiful movie. And I was telling you also, like, I'm really grateful that, I, that we watched Blade Runner before this mm. because it was like, I told Beatrice after the movie that Blade Runner and Ant-Man are the, like, they're just as equally as beautiful given the time periods they came out, you know, and given I, the final cut and everything. Yeah. I mean, I, when I watched a the movie, there were like a couple like things here and there mm. with the CGI and the special effects where I was mm-hmm. a little like, eh. mm-hmm. um, I've noticed that just like, as I as I become more critical of movies and stuff, yeah. that I've noticed that I guess shadows are really hard to CGI. I'm I'm, I'm because, imagining so, yeah. Because that that's a lot of though. Like the shadows is usually what throws me off a mm-hmm. lot of the times. Or like uh, I'm thinking uh, pretty early on when um when Janet uh and Hank and Hope mm-hmm. they they get those like uh sea rays or whatever to to go to the bar yeah yeah um and she's about to pet it like as she was about to put her hand on it the shadow of her hand on it just looks so off and i was like mm-hmm. mm. and i, I and, guess it is really hard do because you have to make a fake shadows from fake sunlight from fake sense of direction i just think it's a lazy move to be honest <laughs> like to, you know you can do it but it's like who cares so um, yeah and mm-hmm. so it's like I uh I there were just a couple things here and there with the CGI and mm-hmm. stuff where I was like eh, and mm-hmm. uh, I did see um from one of my favorite channels Mr Sunday Movies mm-hmm. that they both kind of agreed that they felt like there was a roof in terms of the mm-hmm. uh, set pieces mm-hmm. and like the CGI and stuff which okay is, like meaning that like the green mm-hmm. screen effect is real of kind of like oh this all looks fake they're all just standing in a room oh. with nothing and things like that i guess if i watch it a second time but to me i was totally just within it like i just you know yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. so it's like mm-hmm. i even the stuff like that it's just like i like even though i noticed certain things that like were a little off to me mm-hmm. i didn't get upset about yeah, it yeah. or like it didn't like take me out of the mm-hmm. movie or anything i was still mm-hmm. just i was still going with it yeah like it it is pretty cliche in its plot yeah um, absolutely like there, there's nothing really i mean again but that, that's what i think it is like if you're expecting like uh like i haven't watched endgame or infinity wars but now people like go bat shit over that and everything like i, that, I wouldn't expect it from an ant-man movie because again it's ant-man you know like it's paul rudd yeah, like it's I, supposed to be joking where and it's a lot of jokes and some i mean i guess paul rudd just tickles my funny bone because he really just makes me laugh like there was some guy next to me who did not laugh once and i'm here like ah you just fucking laugh at the stupid he, jokes he has you such know? a good like dry humor yeah. where it's just like a lot of times he just kind of like pauses <laughs> like yeah. i like the little joke when uh uh-huh. when uh, Kang is like, oh, are you the one with the hammer? And he's like, no, that's Thor. And <laughs> yeah. he just stands there for a second. He's like, 
They say we look alike. We, you we know? get confused <laughs> a lot. Similar body types. But the when they close in on the book. And they zoom outwards and it's him doing the same pose as the book and everything. Like little shit like that, man. It's fucking hilarious, bro. And even with the plot, with the whole daughter building this thing to go into the, what is it, the microverse and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the quantum verse. I mean, I mean, I mean, of course it's ridiculous and all that stuff. But the one scene I think that I liked the most, which I won't say is the best, but I loved it, was when it was like a bunch of hymns, the probability. Yeah, I thought that, that, was, that was real fucking scene. cool, man. It even tripped me the fuck out a little, bro. Cause I got a little <laughs> high before the movie, but just watching it, I was a little sober by then. I was just like, God damn, like this is actually pretty like fucking weird, man. I told Rachel like I'm tripping a little out, man. This is kind of just too much for me. <laughs> and then I also whispered to her, I was like, Rick and Morty. Because they also did an episode like that. You remember they the did. outcomes? They do so, an episode like that. So for me, I was like, that's real fucking cool how like, you know, all these little and and how I guess to some extent the ideologies of you know marvel can be a little more hippie if that makes any sense like okay. you, they can they can be like oh yeah what's outward is over reality and with time and you know i feel like that's such i mean it's always been a talk of conversation like you said is written in the comics but i feel like today you, you're able to do that a little more and connect with people more because they're more i guess to an extent a certain extent spiritual or more psychedelic you get what i'm trying to say alongside with the science of things because Yes, there's a, you know, segue to like all dimensions and stuff like that. Mm. But to me, that movie gave me a real like, what's anything, man? Like, is anything (laughs) really anything when you think about how many times it could have been something else? (laughs) Man, you know? And so so for me, I think it's real like cool how that can change up. And there's a lot of other things in the movie that kind of I can apply that to. But uh, that was interesting. Yeah, I I definitely didn't walk away with anything that deep. Uh, (laughs) I just like, I'm just like a monk. <laughs> <laughs> you were there sitting there, yeah. you just started like levitating levitating <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, I just I I really like that probability scene. Yeah. Uh I, I that was just a really cool scene. Yeah. Um the the Baskin Robbins throwback shit was so uh, fucking was funny. funny. Yeah. Um I just uh something that I did see online which I had thought about mm-hmm. as I was watching the movie, but mm-hmm. like um hope definitely takes more the backseat in this movie hope is the the wasp yes 100 percent. yeah like i mean i'm not gonna lie i don't really like her for the wasp anyway i don't really like her character it's just, in general. she's kind of trash like, it's i just, hate when she did that that fighting pose like when she was about to get attacked <laughs> and she put her hands out like that i was like come on bro like come on. <laughs> put your hands down lady it's just like it's uh-huh. so hard to ignore where her name is literally in the title of the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah that's actually real true too because so, it really was about just ant-man the whole time yeah and it's like yeah you know, if you're going to have her name in the uh-huh. fucking mo- like title. <laughs> Involve like, her more, right? Yeah. Ha- give her more to do or something. Who's the guy that plays the father? Michael something? Uh, Michael Douglas. He plays oh, my Pan. God. That, my, that, that shit with the hands in the spaceship. <laughs> that shit had me died every time they came up. Literally 45% of his role in the film, maybe 75% is him just driving the spaceship with his hands. Like That's the <laughs> shot they put on him. And but who, who played his wife? Uh, that is... Is it Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. First of all, she's gorgeous. She's <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. The whole movie, I'm like, damn, you know, for like, her age, she looked beautiful. And um, what was I gonna say? I thought, oh, what the fuck was I? I, think I just got lost with her, her beauty. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I didn't yeah. like her story plot. Like I I that was there especially super cliche to me of just like yeah. the whole like no, I can't talk about it. I'm protecting yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. And then she should have talked about it or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like it's that. just like bro. Yeah, just, just tell us, bro. We're fucking <laughs> you're that little. Um, I thought the, the when I saw it going a little cliche was when they got to the land and then she went up to the guy and and then she cut the arm off and they started laughing. 
Like how many times has that scene been done in every fucking film or TV and everything? But but the little the little uh, remember the little glob guy with, blob. with the holes. Yeah. So the funny thing is that um, for those that watch don't remember. Uh, he's saying he's like, oh yeah, holes. How many holes you have? And then he's like, seven, right? That, then, that was another yeah. funny moment from uh-huh. Paul Rudd, where like yeah. he says seven, and, <laughs> and Paul like, Rudd just goes. And the whole theater is also like, oh wait, do you have one, two, three, four, five? He's like, yeah, seven. Like <laughs> I, that, that was. There's a comedian who does a joke like that, um, Ari Shafir. And I went to go see it live. It's kind of special. Jew, shout out to that special. It has like six million views on YouTube now because nice. it was free. But six million views is a lot of views. Um, and he's like, yeah, man, Jews are honestly the second most smartest race in the world, of course. And then he's just quiet. And everybody's like, and he's like, it's Koreans. <laughs> Koreans, <laughs> if you guys are wondering, Koreans are the friend. <laughs> that was real fucking clever. Just gave away his joke, but whatever. Um, but I thought, damn, why am I losing track? Con- oh, uh, when, when he finally gets shot. So. It's funny because when he gets shot and he has holes, the slime thing is like, I have holes now. But, and then he's supposed to attack like a motherfucker. Yeah. But it's hilarious because when he gets shot, right? And, and he finally realizes he has holes, but doesn't say anything yet. Some guy behind me is like, he has holes. And then the guy <laughs> says, I have holes now. <laughs> she caught me off guard like crazy, bro. Um, it was me, uh, sitting there, Beatrice and some two guys to our left or everything eating loud ass snacks. But we had a bro moment because there was a moment where we just laughed like a mother. Cause the, the hand scene went on with Michael. Was it Douglas? Yeah. His hands are in the slime thing. And I started dying laughing. Right? He's like, I started like, ha ha ha. And the guy next to me is laughing like crazy. And he looks over at me with a smile. He's like, ah. <laughs> like, like an affirmation that we both think it's bad. Funny. <laughs> so dumb. And I didn't look, but I was like, we maybe had a little moment. <laughs> we had a little moment. <laughs> like just the biggest, like, ah, like over, ha, ah, you know, it was, uh, it was real cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that movie didn't involve the most, you know, special story or the craziest, like everything else. But I thought visually and, and world, like I think you said in a text, like the world they created was very impressive to me at the very least. And I, and you, I think so too. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I love the world. I, yeah. I, I really uh, love that little joke where uh, Hank, uh, he's just like talking about how like technological everything. He's like, wow, this and that, that yeah. and this. And he just goes, holy shit, that guy's broccoli. broccoli. <laughs> it's like a little broccoli. Like, hey. <laughs> uh, I thought the concept of drinking the red ooze and like mm-hmm. being allowed to hear anything, I thought that was real cool too. Cause it makes a lot of sense. I think more than most movies where they just speak English. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And Star Wars, no, but you know, I'm trying to say. <laughs> but um that's pretty good thank you <laughs> i'm out i just got i'm end off on a good i can't i can't do a chewy you just gotta roll yours that's like <laughs> i can't i don't know my voice is, isn't the right voice for it your your, your voice is deeper than call mine. me chewbacca i mean you you got a lot of hair <laughs> Joe jeff ross for those that don't know i was on stage in caroline sold that show times square yeah she was real listen back to our listen back like four episodes yeah, shout, shout, like out, shout out to Jeff Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mm. did see one thing about the movie where someone, uh, I think this was from IGN, where mm. the I didn't watch it or anything, but they just raised a question of like, uh, it, Kang is a good villain, mm. is, is a good villain for the MCU right now, yeah. but was he the good villain uh, for Ant-Man? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it was a good st- like starting of it. You yeah, because- Was he going- in any of the other movies? Uh, technically no. You see a version of Kang in the Loki show. Mm. Um, That's what I've heard. You had to watch a Loki show and everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which like the the second post credit scene and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dude, my <laughs> Lucas and I were so upset with our mom because mm. we took our mom to go watch a movie of us. We're wait. We're sitting yeah. during the credits and stuff. Like <laughs> we're all just sitting there talking, 
And then we stop talking for a second. The credits are still rolling. Yeah. And then finally the, the uh, second post credit scene comes yeah. up and everyone, talking. everyone stops talking. And then my mom pulls out her phone <laughs> and then starts sending a text. And then like, oh, yes. and then like a couple seconds into the scene, I like wave my hand in yeah. front of my mom to be like, uh-huh. you're missing it. Yeah. And she just doesn't look up. <laughs> and then the scene is over and yeah. she looks up and she goes, what happened? What? <laughs> and like Lucas and I were just like, bro, you missed like, it, bro. what the fuck? Here's a good way to get by the credits when you're waiting for it. Just look for your name. Unless you got a common ass name, then it sucks for you. But me and Beatrice are trying to find our names. No Frankies, by the way, involved in the making of, <laughs> I, of M. I, I like looking through the credits yeah. just to see the crazy names that you'll find on yeah, there. Yeah, Debasaki, Chiramoto, Favasa. Chimmy like, McCurry. <laughs> yeah, the third. <laughs> um, I thought Kang was a real cool character. I really like how he's like, Rawr! for every like, time he like, did this and that. Um, but it, it's cool. I mean, honestly, I, I enjoyed the movie very much. And actually... Uh, what I wanted to do for this episode in terms of comic was a comic called Ant-Man and Giant-Man released uh. in like 19 something. It was a really expensive book. It's like $83 paperback. Holy shit. Yeah, but like the online was 16, but I wanted to possess the book, but I figured it's just too much money and like too fast to like go through and stuff. But I was very interested. I don't know if you know anything about it. Nah, uh, Ant-Man Giant-Man. Let me show you the cover. Um, <laughs> I saw the black people, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, reparation thing. <laughs> <laughs> there, I need to. Um, there's an Ant Man series that just came out back in June of mm-hmm. last year by Al Ewing, who is a really great writer. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I want to read that. I haven't read it yet, but I, I need to, I need to pick that up to start reading that. Go pick that shit up, bro. But there's, um, I've read a, a couple of good Ant Man runs. Um, the most recent one was from Nick Spencer, mm-hmm. and Nick Spencer, uh, is kind of infamously known in the comic space for yeah. certain things. He's the guy that made Captain America say Hail Hydra, if you remember that. Say his name. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nick, uh, Spencer. Nick he, Spencer. He's the guy that made Captain America do that. He's not the red face guy, right? Uh, No, Nick no, Spencer's no. the writer. Oh, oof, I'm a dick. <laughs> I thought you meant the red face guy in the movie. No, 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 in the, no. in the first, I'm, I'm talking about the, uh, the writer. <laughs> he wrote a pretty good Ant-Man run uh-huh. uh, a few years back, a little more than that, but... Mm-hmm. um. He, he made, he brought like a really modern twist to like the Ant-Man series and stuff or like a, one of Ant-Man's villains was like a rideshare villain. A rideshare villain? Like what do you like, mean? It, it was a, it was one of his villains that was starting a rideshare-sharing uh, mm. app. And <laughs> what the fuck? And uh, Ant-Man was starting his uh, company as, as, um, as a locksmith sort of company, like for locks and things like that. Mm. And his that their companies were uh, rivaling into it. That's and hilarious. it's just it's so funny and it's like it, it was so good. It, such a good run. Oh, I can't find the fucking book. So you just have to believe me on that. One. <laughs> um, nice. I mean, I want to read an Ant Man comic book too. I mean, I've seen some like small ones, but I want to be like a volume of it or stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I again, the great things about it coming to the movies and stuff is like bringing you to be able to read the books and stuff like that. Especially me, who I'm not really unaware of it and stuff. Like my reality of Ant Man is like Paul Rudd. You know, but obviously there was much more beforehand and everything. And yeah, I um, mean, something that the MCU doesn't even do at all mm-hmm. is that, well, they kind of do, but I mean, yet to remember Hank Pym was the original Ant-Man. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, I forgot about that. And, yeah. um, the wasp, the original wasp, was Janet, this? she used to be part of the Avengers, both oh. Ant-Man and wasp used to be part of the Avengers, but in the oh. MCU, the Avengers didn't assemble until like, like after day. Hank and stuff like that. So mm. stuff like that. It's just like, we're never going to get that history of the Marvel yeah. universe in the MCU. Maybe they'll throw it back. Maybe there'll be like history of the Avengers and stuff like that, you know, and then start <laughs> from the beginning. That'd be kind of odd. <laughs> you never know. But, um, 
Yeah, but, but check out Ant-Man if you haven't seen it. Yeah, you know? pretty it's, a, it's a fun. It's a fun movie for sure. For for people who didn't like it too much, you know, yeah. hey, go maybe, fuck yourself. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just really hit or miss for people. Yeah, maybe yeah. you'll like it. Maybe you won't. Who yeah. knows? But. We thought it was pretty decent. Honestly, yeah. I really am surprised that it got such bad reviews. Like, I think, what was it? It got like a 50 on Rotten Tomatoes? Like 50-something. Something that's like so that. strange. It doesn't even deserve that. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Maybe if you expected the Hulk to come out like me. The you know? the user score is definitely higher than the critic score. Good, good. Um, So definitely it seems like the users are more okay with it. Mm. And I think I mentioned to you in the text that uh, in that IGN review that I saw of yeah. the movie, there was a comment where someone mentioned that there are a lot of reviewer, mm. reviewers coming to the same score. IGN gave it a seven, mm-hmm. but for different reasons. Seven sounds fair. I think seven's a good... I mean, even then, I would still give it like a... I mean, just for like enjoyment reasons, you know, and, and not to like link it to the other Avengers movies and stuff. I just enjoyed it very much. And I think uh, it's it's cool, man. It's a cool fucking movie, but they shouldn't make any more. <laughs> like, they should wait a long time before they make another Ant-Man movie, in my opinion, because there's not really much you could do, you know? It's like, I don't know. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I, mm-hmm. I did see one comment that said that MODOK should have been the main villain of <laughs> Ant-Man 3. And it, I was like, that would have been so good. Am I mistaken that his MODOK was in a Marvel's Capcom game? There's a character uh, that looks so. like him, Maybe. right? I, I don't know. I never really played those games too I'm, much. I'm pretty so sure that. Sure. Let me see if I can find it. Because there's a character that resembles Mordor completely. But let me let me just see. Let me just see. Marvel Capcom. Yeah, I think he is. But so. you see his little fucking wet cheeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he's definitely in it. Look. Okay, okay. Like, these are the characters. So, Because I've definitely seen nice. his character before. First of all, he's the funniest deaf in Marvel history ever. He's fucking <laughs> hilarious, bro. And. I didn't really like the the young girl's acting. Like I didn't. Really, I mean, not that the acting was really something I cared about. I didn't really like her role in the movie. You know, okay. I thought it was kind of just like repetitive, obnoxious, and just like <laughs> you know, like uh, I get there, like you know, even the mom was. They're all like you know, progressive and stuff like that. But it's very cliche with today's climate. Like she was protesting and got yeah. thrown in jail in the maze. I was like, all right, Marvel, we get it. <laughs> you you know what's happening around the world. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's pretty much. It. I just want to talk about Ant-Man real quick. We both talked about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a quick thing. I have like two longish stories that I have. One is longer than the other. Um, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. To be honest with you, nice. with the Ant-Man thing. We're not talking about Ant-Man anymore. We're good, Brian. We finished the Ant-Man. <laughs> Homie yeah, Brian he threw is here. a finger up at you. Wow, he said, "Fuck off." Brian's just like, get the fuck out! I'm, I'm wow. here to play my game. That's it. Fuck your stupid ass show. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Any last comments on the Ant-Man? Nah, just I, I'd love to see what our fans have to say about yeah. it for anyone who has seen it. Definitely get super high before you watch that movie. I think that movie deserves just get real high and watch it. You AKA know? be me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked a little bit of it. And, I, and then once it began and I was watching it, I was like, damn, I should have smoked way more before I got into this fucking. <laughs> I, I smoked more for the whale. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit was sad as fuck. <laughs> shit was crazy, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. But nice. Nice. Yeah, man. All right. So, so for my next topic. It's an age-old story, but it's actually, you know, new today with what sprouted post, like, decades. And it has to do with the medical uh, drug called Zantac, right? Okay, okay. So let me, let me put you on, bro. Put right. me on, brother. <laughs> so this is a pretty interesting story because it has to do with, you know, a pharmaceutical company, but ultimately with a drug called Zantac. So in 1978, Glaxo Laboratories was granted a U.S. patent after they created a molecule, which they named Ren. for for the listeners frankie started the word and then had to look over at his laptop he had to zoom in in real life just just to fucking read the rest of the word like a perplexed look on my face (laughs) so in 1978 glaxo laboratories invented the molecule uh ranitidine 
spelled R-A-N-I-T-I-D-I-N-E because they were granted a permit from the U.S., right? Uh, Glaxo Laboratories at the time was a small British company, but through the molecule, they developed the molecule and through it, that's why I wrote that, I don't know why I wrote that. Through the molecule, they developed Santac uh, after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration reviewed it quickly, right? So the drug that came about was named Zantag, and its purpose was to heal ulcers and treat heartburns. Uh, it had tremendous success in sales and surpassed the less safe and not as affected competitor, uh, Tagamet, at the time. So that Tagamet was the most popular drug at the time, and uh, Zantag surpassed it by crazy. Uh, half of Glaxo Lab sales arose from Zantag, as well as their profit, and companies such as Pfizer and Sanofi uh, also sold Zantag. And okay. I'm sure you've heard of Pfizer before. Nope, never. And also now known as GS, GSK PLC, they've pl- they produce other drugs such as the shingles vaccine, Shindrix, and antidepressants, Paxil 7, and Wellbutrin. It gained much funding after winning an award from Queen Elizabeth, and the CEO himself was also knighted by her and everything. Okay. But damn. Uh, yeah, and no, that's pretty crazy, right? Uh, but more than 70,000 people today are suing Zantac uh, and Gla- Glaxo Labs in particular, not the medication. Uh, the trials are set to begin later this month in the California Superior Court in Al- Alameda C- County, but it's likely to be delayed and begin in the summer. Uh, just to cut, tr- cut in real quick, uh, the first time I ever heard about Zantac was on Joe Rogan through the guy Brian Redband. And it was just random because it was like a quick mentioning of it. Mm-hmm. And he was saying like, yeah, man, I went to the store and I just picked up all these Zantac things because apparently they're going out of business because they give you like cancer and stuff like that. And uh, he's like, yeah, I just bought a whole bunch of them because I heard you could trip out on them if you eat them. Fucking retard. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, but that's the first time I ever heard about it. So being rid about it now, now you hear 70,000 people are suing, right? So, uh, like I said, the trials are set to begin, you know, either in the summer or much later. And Pfizer and Sanofi are also being sued. You know, uh, Zantag proved to be problematic after a probable probable carcinogen. And you remember what a carcinogen is? Yeah. Tell the people what a carcinogen is. It's something that can cause like lung cancer and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, it causes cancer, living tissue. And it was found in, Z- in Zantag at high levels. So people were eating this fucking medication like two times a day and getting, you know, not getting cancer, but in risk of getting cancer yeah. because of carcinogen within Zantac. Right. Um, and it, the carcinogen came about because of the molecule that they invented, ranitidine. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so the ranitidine that they found, they led to the drug and it turned out that the carcinogen is within the molecule, which is pretty crazy. So they created their mess. Basically. And uh, at one point in time, the carcinogen was used in rocket fuel and is used today to induce cancer in rats. Ew. <laughs> uh, this isn't a drug people consume. And so they refer to it as uh, MDMA. And because of, uh, because of this, Zantac was pulled off shelves in the spring of 2020 with the halt to any company manufacturing it. Uh, Glaxo today has hidden critical studies, published faulty research to lessen concern, and they stored it and transported it like just in a way that made it worse. Like if they had, they, if they had at least stored it correctly, mm-hmm. it would have like lessened the problematic. It's problematic, you know, right. yeah, aspects yeah, yeah. and shit like that. But they just fucked up on all levels. They produced false studies or like went along with like you know askew studies and all that bullshit. Mind you, this is like this is America. You know, this is like <laughs> what it is with prescription. Again, it's not a prescription drug. It was on the shelves. You know, drug. Um, so because of the Freedom of Information Act, right? 
Uh, and what it is, the Freedom of Information Act, for those that don't know, is a law that requires the full or partial disclosure of previously unreleased or uncirculated information and documents controlled by the U.S. government, state, or other public authority upon request. Basically, if people request it, they got to know, especially if motherfuckers is hiding cancer in their drugs, you know? Okay. So, uh, because you, of- You know, it's interesting, uh, even to that, um, I've noticed that, like, uh, these weed products now in New mm-hmm. York and stuff. Now it's becoming legal. Yeah, I don't know if it's always said this in like Cali and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, and make it, it cancer and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. like of uh, the risks of cancer and stuff. Yeah. And it's like the first I've ever seen on these products. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, I think the one of the biggest things about those. I mean, in, in, when you go to California, I think with a lot of things you're surrounded by, especially when you go into buildings and everything, they have war- can- cancer warnings everywhere. Um, mm. but what? Well, like with. Like flour you're buying or like the pens and shit like that or edibles? Uh, all of it. It just like, all says like it may cause cancer and stuff like that? Yeah. That's super strange. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Like it's just like labeled on the back of it and like with the warning sign and stuff. That's like, so weird. It's like marrow. But what if you're just buying an edible? It still has that? I don't know about edibles because I haven't yeah. bought edibles. Maybe it's just the act of smoking that can cause, like they say it causes cancer or may cause cancer. Yeah. So. It's really strange. Yeah. That, I, that, mm. That's why I thought of that because I was mm. like, oh, I mean, you know, they mm. are like doing that. Yeah. So, for me, for me, I still feel like I don't. I I feel more safe buying uh like weed off a dealer than I do off like, not the three recreational marijuana stores in New York City, you know. Even like you know how delis were selling it or uh-huh. like the little trucks that you be seeing and stuff like that. I still don't trust those things. Or like people on the street with like tables that they're selling eighths and well, like, they're you know, like uh, dispensaries, uh, like quote unquote dispensaries yeah. that are mem- like clubs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, like private clubs and shit like that. Yeah, right? that, yeah. that go around that, mm-hmm. that circumvent that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just picked up an ounce from uh, this mm-hmm. uh, uh, member club place um, called Empire Cannabis Club. Yeah, great place. Mm-hmm. And because they were selling an ounce for one eighty five, cheap. And I was like, mm-hmm. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Like for people who don't smoke and yeah. ounce for one eighty five, like normally yeah, ounce ounces is at for least, like two hundred, three hundred, yeah, at least two hundred. Yeah, yeah. So an Fuck ounce that. for one eighty five, mm-hmm. I was like, God damn. You know, but even then with those private clubs, like you still are under your own regulation. You're not under any like you know. I mean, I just feel way better buying a dispensary. I don't prefer it because it's expensive as fuck, you know. But a dealer, I just feel better because it's like, ah, it's my dealer. You know, it's my homie. You know? <laughs> and not really. Like they could be getting some, you know, bad shit, late shit over too. But you know, when you get that good dealer, you know, you're gonna get the same shit every single time. For I a good literally price. tell my dealer yeah. that I'm gonna keep buying from you because yeah. you gotta still support your your local dealer. <laughs> nah, fuck that. When prices start going high, I'm I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, but but yeah, I mean, even even uh, the mayor and stuff were saying that there were so many uh, like delis and shit that they're cracking down on mm-hmm. for selling marijuana and stuff like that i don't trust delis at all man I, I just don't do it i know a lot of people do and i didn't eat an edible from somebody that bought <laughs> from the city it should hit like crazy i was fucking high for like <laughs> seven years and um i just still am iffy on it man because they be i mean they, they motherfuckers don't care about you <laughs> you know at all you know so i don't know i feel like a dealer has much more of a reputation to uphold than a deli you know, uh, all um, I know is that the deli here, they mm-hmm. get some pretty good weed. I know yeah. the guy. We always chat and stuff. So I trust him enough. I'm yeah. like, you know what? This is good shit. He giving you that trash, bro. He, <laughs> he giving you that fucking Betty White. <laughs> anyway, to, to go back to the Zantang and bring it back to the trials because I'm almost done. Uh, to bring it back to the trials, the U.S. District Judge Robin Rosenberg dismissed thousands of federal lawsuits. Her statement in, on it is long, but her conclusion is that, quote, there is no consistent or reliable evidence that Zantac or Nitidine increases the risk of any type of cancer. Stank as hope. 
Uh, GS- of she would think that. <laughs> GSK, the founders of Zantac, responded saying, we, quote, will continue to defend itself vigorously, including against all claims in this litigation, end quote. And no further, further comments were made afterwards. Yet, they still have thousands of cases they will face that don't abide the stank-ass holes federal court ruling. Um, the EPA, the FDA, and the WHO all say MDMA likely causes cancer in humans. Um, it's just difficult to prove a person's cancer cells when you're mutated because of Zantac. Um, so it's hard to trace it back. Yeah. Okay. There's also another thing where I didn't like write down. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> Slip that in there, bitch. <laughs> I give you a real like good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they were saying that I think a certain amount, a very small amount. If if two times the amount were put into a human being, then it was a mouse. The mouse would survive, but a human would die within a matter of days. Like, it's it's real crazy stuff, scary. man. And and th- there's a whole bunch of reading that I should have done that I didn't, but I also felt it would get Are way stronger than us. <laughs> Maybe, bro. Oh god. But I also felt it would get real fucking like informational. Where I feel like that's a good gist of the story, and I think it's important to realize that this is not the first time this is gonna happen. I remember we talked about that drug that Joe Rogan uh, talked with the guy and how it was a, a pill that was given out to so many people. I think a bunch of people died because of it. And the company was just fined. But even then, their profits surpassed the fine. So they still profited a good million Which of dollars. It was like the Joe Rogan episode where we talked about, like, uh, remember when he was on the news and you try to make a point, but you, you know, you can never cancel Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, it was, uh, the drug that I got, I got wrong. So we put it correct in the elementary. It was like, I, I'm not, I'm going to fuck up the name, but ultimately it got a lot of people, got a lot of people sick and it, it killed a lot of people. And they found out that they were distributing a, a drug that was, you know, basically wrong, and not enough studies were done on it. And they weren't; they were fine, minimal. They profited at the end of the day after murdering a bunch of people because of their faulty mm-hmm. drug. Even past their fine, they still profited millions of dollars. So it was a success to some extent, yeah. you know. And that's like that's so crazy. And and like when things like that happen in the world, like how could you blame people for being skeptical of the vaccine? There goes Money our speaks. there goes our COVID warning on the show and everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, now yeah. you now said, said it. now you said it. You <laughs> fucking doofus! Oh my god, this fucking guy. Yeah, what do you think about that? Like, how, like with like with that be, these being taken into consideration and other, I'm sure there's a bunch of other pills that you know. Um, I mean, it's just when mm-hmm. it comes to pharmaceuticals, like money speaks, like yeah. it, which is applicable to most things mm-hmm. in life. Money speaks, yeah. but. In the pharmaceutical world, it is very predatory. I mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it, it, like while while they push that intent of that, you know, we are saving people, we mm-hmm. are getting them the medication they need. There's also a lot of uh, mm-hmm. neglect in yeah. terms of like, yeah, but we're also just Making focusing money. on a profit. Yeah. Do you believe in the theory or conspiracy that the cure to cancer and AIDS exists and stuff like that, but they just hold it back because they want to? make money off medical bills like treatments like rather treat the cure than cure the treat, treat the disease than cure it you think that's true i have genuinely thought about this before wow. and i can't come to to a decision yeah. what I, do you, I really can't what do you think Ryan? Tell me. i think uh just came out of nowhere they're like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i think that i think there's a cure i think there's a cure out there i just i feel like i there has to be one like they just with all the science and the way like it progresses, like 
We literally have VR, but we don't have like, the kid of casting, bro. <laughs> VR, <laughs> cancer. Yeah. Like, yo, we. Come on. Like, like bro, it's like. <laughs> like, yo, that, that's all I'm saying. It's just because like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I. The best way I remember my. my uh, and this is the conspiracy theorist from the bar. And actually, one of the confused, like, well, he brought up a point and he was like, can you imagine that? Because uh, we were talking about, like, I'm blind as fuck. <laughs> and he was like, yo, like, you know, when you were younger, the the radiation that coming from your television, I was like, like, he was like, it was like, or like well, mostly the television, because I would like sit so close and pe- he knew like people would sit so close. And he was like, though, that like our our monitors have gotten like in terms of light and LED have like improved so that our eyesights won't harm us. You know, by looking okay. at the scaring, um, staring at the screen so much, uh-huh. even in our phones too. Well, back then it was the, the, like the Motorola said didn't really matter, mm-hmm. but like you know those huge television sets, and it was like imagine all that electrical wiring, right? Yeah, the CRTs. And yeah, shit. and then like imagine like that that ultraviolet like like just going into your eyes that probably causes you blindness. Like obviously, like but, I know myth, no, well I mean like well I mean if you look at through the spect of like the ultraviolet like a, like you can see it like literally like yeah, but but I mean like. I'm not saying like it causes cancer or like you know something. Nah, like he he was he, he he was saying he was saying it caused cancer. I was like, ah, right, yeah. but it definitely does strain the eyes, and that's real. Yeah. That's why that's why people need glasses for like when they you know especially people that work in the office they need like reading glasses exactly and shit yeah. Like that. So that kind of made sense because it was like oh, but we could fix LED lights and stuff like that. But he was just kind of like, well, like imagine how much funding has been going through like research for cancer like billions millions he's just like it's not and it's not only one foundation like there's literally multiple organizations (laughs) that collect money and he was just saying it was like yo we could we could all it took is one company like three companies samsung or uh fucking sony to like yeah just to fix the tv but you're telling me that he can't like find like five like six seven companies or non-profits that are out there in the world to cure cancer it's like come on (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I was like, you're true, bro, because it's like, yo, like, I'm about to be a scientist right now. <laughs> I'm about to kill this shit. This is the guy who allegedly gave Brian a sword. <laughs> Describe the sword to the people. It's alleged, by the way. So this sword is. Tell him why. Tell him why he has swords. Oh, okay, okay. So he has swords because he believes that the war and like. Uh, or apocalypse is coming soon. Okay. Okay. He thinks that uh, when we got the COVID vaccine, that it ca- it caused the uh, like the government was trying to control us. Uh-huh. Yeah, with five G towers okay. and stuff like that. So he's saying that we're gonna be controlled, and he's saying that uh, we have to prepare ourselves. And yeah, so he he had his own bunch of swords, and I was just there. And mind you, I only talk to this guy about soccer. <laughs> I, I don't like. I don't really. I don't really like listen to all the history. Like there are times where I'm like, hmm. <laughs> but even then, I'm like, all right. It's just it's just he made it sound like really really cool. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I was like, oh, it'd be cool to. I, I just went out of the blue. I was like, yo, you have all these swords. I mean, pretty cool to have one. He's like, you want one? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. He was like, I, I just never know when you get. Well, I was like, I'm gonna be here to watch the game. And like I told him, but I did not think he was gonna bring me the sword. <laughs> so I remember going to the bar and I'm watching my game. My team lost. That's. Uh, um, I remember, and then it was early, and the, one of the bartenders goes like, "Dang, you're early." I was like, "Yeah, I was. I wasn't planning on watching the game, but uh, here I'm getting a sword. So just just to see if it's true. It, it was true. He brought it in. It's it's literally like about like about like. 
It's probably like yeah, like probably like two that feet. Shit is twelve feet long. <laughs> no, nah, it's probably like two feet, and it's like it's one of those um, it's one of those. He says it's a sword meant for piercing, like like that. Like so, what when does when does the length of a of a of that sort of weapon differentiate a dagger to a sword? Well, uh, it, it, I think. So when you're, when you're like, oh shit, that's a sword. No, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely. <laughs> but nice. two feet is is, is kind of short. No, right? it's like it's like. Two feet, bro. That's yeah. Like sword, bro. That's, that's that's two subway foot long. Bro. <laughs> that, I don't know. Two feet as a sword. <laughs> as a sword, though, like. No, it's like so. There's like this, and then, like literally, it's like the width of this. The sword is the width of this. This so is like, not two like, feet. Oh uh, well, I mean, like, what two and a half? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how long this table is, but... You better watch your mouth. You're talking to a man with a sword, bro. I'm just saying, be careful, bro. I respect Brian way more. I'm going to bring the sword and just cut the table in half. <laughs> Does that look like two feet in? <laughs> yeah, he, he, got me, like, he brought me the sword. Yeah, and it's um it's one of the... Uh, like It's a... Um, when Elon Musk said, oh, I want it pointy, you know, when he okay. said the ship, it kind of looked like that. <laughs> it's just pointy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he said it's meant for piercing, not slashing. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I was like, whenever I, I guess, whenever I need it, you know, whenever I need it. Tell how you poke yourself with this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get my sandwich and I'm like, how am I supposed to hold this? <laughs> like, because I was like, people are going to look at me. And I, I demand a sandwich. <laughs> and so I'm trying to like, or, like, Trying to hold it steady, and I'm like, kind of like, and my dumbass goes like, like it's like putting it like this, and I was like, oh, and then the point just like pierced oh my, my foot, but it wasn't even like crazy, like it just it literally poked it, and I just started bleeding. I was like, damn. <laughs> but uh, don't have swords, kids. Don't have swords. <laughs> and um, one one thing into the back to the drugs where the guy was saying, first of all, shout out to that guy. He really could chat for a long time about <laughs> any conspiracies you throw at him. Like he is like like a boomerang. Um, but he was mentioning how he was like, don't he, he was like, you vaccinated? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, don't worry. There's a drug you can buy called like, and if you buy it, it'll get rid of the vaccine spreading in your body. Because as we speak, the vaccine is spreading a certain thing in your body. And eventually it will make you abide to 5G towers when it turns on. Then when it turns on, I'll have to kill you. <laughs> That's what he said to me. And I'm like, oh, shit. But then I don't know if you remember when we talked about Sandy Hook with poor ass Alex Jones fucking a billion dollars. <laughs> God damn. One of the biggest things that he was asked in court is that if if or not he sold uh, drugs on his website Infowars in order to uh, fight COVID. And apparently a lot of companies used uh, COVID as a way to sell basically bullshit like drugs that would prevent COVID in order to profit. And he, I think he himself said that he took a certain drug, like he went to go meet up with some guy and like get a certain drug, or I don't know, I don't know if it was a form of needle or a pill, but um, clearly like these these things might be some bullshit if they're not from official doctors or science, who, who knows? But I think that's real interesting how, uh, I mean, even if, you know, if you're just a civilian, you're getting fucked with, you know. But I just can't imagine if you're selling those drugs, like you have to be a real bullshit person <laughs> to like make up this whole drug name to say that it gets rid of bullshit just to you know give you money because I imagine that shit's not cheap. You know, a low price of $42,000. I'll give you this starburst. <laughs> Dude, I just, and speaking of just like how like expensive medication is and things like that, God, I just, I had the situation at work where, um, this lady, Allegedly. uh, uh, no, I, this, this can be on the book. Okay. <laughs> not that they not that they're ever not on the books or on the books, you know what I mean? No, the other ones Shut all up, made up, all made up. Oh, sure, the oh, other sure. ones were all made up. <laughs> This okay. one is on the books because <laughs> okay. I'm not going to like give out her name or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, just social uh, security. It, yeah. That 
but uh two four six seven eight nine two one uh but she came in and she was like an older hispanic lady that'd be crazy if you actually just got it right off of <laughs> that's actually a social security number and she's like how would you do that <laughs> Damn. But okay. uh, she came in and she was like, oh, like I didn't get my, uh, I came in, had my visit, but I didn't get my medication. The pharmacy didn't give me this one medication. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, no worries. Uh, go, you, go speak to the pharmacy in our basement. They'll go help you. Then like 10 minutes later, I get a call from the pharmacy and they're like, hey, can you come down here and help with a translation? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, sure. So I go down there and it's the same lady. And um, they explained to me that this lady is trying to get her test strips for mm. her diabetes. Mm. Um, but that uh, like they sent the order to the pharmacy. So they don't know why the far- why the pharmacy wasn't giving her the test strips. Yeah. So when I asked the lady, she was like, oh, I don't know. They said something about my insurance or something like that or mm-hmm. whatever. They just wouldn't give it to me. They gave me everything else but the test strips. Mm-hmm. And when I told that to the pharmacy, my coworker in the pharmacy uh, she was like, oh, you know, we've actually been hearing, a, seeing a lot of stories like that where like these people aren't getting their test strips because the insurance just won't cover it for some mm. reason and that these test strips aren't cheap. And so a lot of these patients are struggling with their insurances to get their test strips. So crazy. How that that, that and, in itself can't be cheap. Yeah. And uh, like uh, we she my coworker told me to tell her to call uh, her insurance to see what could be done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, cool. So. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> What's so funny, Brian? <laughs> what you giggling about? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Brian just giggling into my left over here. <laughs> but um, so I explained to her like, oh, calling insurance, see what they can do for you, this and that. Okay. And because she's a little older, she's like, oh, can you actually help me with that? And you're like, nah. Uh, and she takes out her card, her insurance card, mm-hmm. and I'm like trying to read. Like I tell her the number on the back of the card. And she's like, yeah. I don't can you help me like dial a phone number in and stuff? Mm. Cause she just didn't know how to work her phone. And so I'm helping her do <laughs> yeah. that. Which I'm not and laughing that she couldn't do it. It's just like, can you feed me afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> Bathe me. But, um, I like, I, I forgot that we were in the basement. So when yeah. she called, it didn't go through uh, because we had no service in the basement. That sounds like so your fault. Totally my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all my fault. hundred percent. And I'm black. <laughs> and, uh, it's just, uh, what, <laughs> I I was telling her that like, uh-huh. okay, so just when you get home, make the call, see what you can mm. do this and that. And she was just like, oh, it was so difficult for me to get here, <laughs> this and that. Like yeah. I live cross town. I had to take two buses. Yeah. It's hard for me because I'm old. Mm. And she kind of like patted my belly and she's like, I'm not young like you. No, she's trying to clap your cheeks. And, and uh, she like grabbed my coworker's arm and she's like, I'm not young like you either. Mm. And then uh, she just took a second and then she just started crying for a oh, second. Oh no. And I was like, fuck. Like, come on lady. And I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, nobody and really I, cares that much. <laughs> no, I felt so bad for her. Did you really? I did. I genuinely did felt. Really? So, I genuinely felt really bad for her. I was like, oh, ah, yeah. man, like. Did you touch her stomach back? Like, I I patted her on the shoulder. I That's like perverted as fuck. <laughs> I like I like put my hand on her shoulder. No. And I was just like, yeah, you know. That's no, just, of course that's, it's real sad. I'm not. I'm just joking. But uh, damn. But yeah, I was just like, that's the most that we can do. But it's just like when it comes to that, mm-hmm. like pharmaceuticals and insurance and shit oh, like yeah. that. They don't give a fuck. They don't give the a day. fuck. They just want their money. You should have hit her with the fuck it though as your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have been like. Ooh, yeah, yeah, sounds like a you sounds problem. Like a you. 
problem. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. I mean, nah, it's real sad. And I think one interesting part of coming out in the future, this is kind of, not a, I mean, it has to do with diabetes, but there's like a thing you install in your arm. I don't know if you've seen it, where like it's a little contraption you put within your arm. And then now like all you got to do is like wave your palm across your phone when you're on the app. And it tells you your your like diabetes level, like your blood oh, sugar. Wow. Yeah, it's real crazy. Nick Jonas advertiser advertised blah blah hey, They're in Super Bowl. Oh, I forgot he has yeah. diabetes. Yeah, yeah. And uh <laughs> <laughs> I remember when the news came out about that. And like if you were a guy that made a joke about that, yeah, every yeah. girl was like, How yeah, dare how dare you? You, yeah. you know like yeah. how bad it is for him yeah, and this yeah. and that. It's Nick Jonas. <laughs> I just, it's just funny to add to anything. It's Nick Jonas. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, but nah, but he's been advocating for that. I think on the Super Bowl, he advocated, I can't speak today, advocated for it. And in general, I've just seen it when I was, uh, during COVID, when I was looking at the stocks a lot, it was our AMC and everything. Some guy was talking about that. And uh, I think it's a real cool advancement in diabetes, but I'm assuming just, I mean, everything costs a lot of money, especially when you're paying for it on such a frequent basis when things you need. And it's like tampons, you know what I mean? I know it's not the same exact thing because one is like, you know, aid to hygiene and, and, you know, natural body cycle. And the other is like, uh, what's it, what's it called? Like assistance to your. I mean, disease. if you don't clean yourself up, mm-hmm. isn't that going to cause problems down the line? Well, no, but I mean more so of the shortage. Uh, it's funny enough. I was reading an article in the Times, uh, Apple News Plus. They blessed me, so I'm reading mad. <laughs> I'm reading so much articles now. I'm reading funny. So many, so many, so many. I'm sleepy. <laughs> um, and fucking yeah, there was a big shortage in 2022, and I think tampons have gone up. I think by 10 percent overall in price. Oh And wow. it's uh, it's crazy because the it's funny because the the title was the ta- the Great Tampon Shortage of 2022. I was with the ah, you know, it just looks bad funny. But the person said she was like, it's clear and obvious that the people that are making decisions for the pricing and availability for these items are not ones that use them. Okay, like, hey, man, you know. And um, I just think that it's uh, like with the pharmaceutical. And you want company, me to make a decision on reparations? No, nah, I want you to get a tampon and put that shit in your face, <laughs> and just do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you put a tampon in your face, not that I do it. Um, it's just kind of gross when you think about it. Not that there's anything wrong with tampons or periods, you know? <laughs> no, nah, but I'm kidding. But it's just like, you know, putting a tampon in your face is like putting a condom in your shoulder. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you don't want to do that. It's kind of, I saw a condom on the floor on my way to work today. Nice. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? It was in an intersection. I was like, how the fuck this guy here? Like, it, a car was it used? I don't know. I tasted it, but I couldn't <laughs> really tell you. <laughs> oh, come on. Everyone yeah. knows the taste of cum. You're right. You're right. I actually Everyone. have it in my pocket right here if you want to, if you want some later. Okay. Later. All right. Um, no, I'm kidding. Cookie, cookie. <laughs> Come. Oh, actually, there was a guy who got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I swear to God, there's a guy who got sentenced to prison because um, there's a woman and a guy who who going to prison because she put the cum of him in the cookies and fed it to students. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And on that note, I'm used to bathroom. Brian, what you think about cum cookies? Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? Get Brian a beer while you're at it. But wait, Lucas is in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to say with cookies, bro? Have you ever played Icky Cookie, Brian? No. You haven't played Icky Cookie? No. Should the three of us play right now? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> play Icky Cookie? Should the three of us play right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I, I, I'm three. I'm three. Uh, what was it? Three strokes and done. So I think I'll win. <laughs> <laughs> three. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs>
That's that beer belly catching up. Yo, fast, bro. Is that is that whiskey dick? <laughs> that whiskey dick. She says round two, and you're like round what? <laughs> I'm like, go get me a Gatorade. <laughs> I, I hear with like cocaine and whiskey, like with alcohol, either one of them could like make you not impotent. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Whiskey dick it is like an actual yeah, thing. Yeah. I never knew until the, the <laughs> I never knew to the to the bartender told me, Danny. And I was like, you got whiskey dick, huh? Because I was there with one of my exes. And he was just for punk fun of me. And we were both like, what the fuck is whiskey dick? <laughs> we did not know. I was like, and I had to tell him. He's like, stop acting stupid. I was like, no, I genuinely don't know. I was like, what is it? And then he told me, he's like, oh, you can't get hard after drinking so much. And I was like, oh, shit. I, I, I was like, I was like, I guess I got to slow down. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, thankfully it hasn't happened. The day it does, I'll stop whiskey. I'll, then I saw alcohol. <laughs> then I saw, I'll, I'll probably be like, I'll like enjoy sobriety. The the day that fucking Brian goes sober, he's gonna be hard all the time. Yeah. Oh, just- <laughs> what was it? Uh, have you ever seen Sons of Anarchy? No, I haven't. Oh damn! But there was a guy who literally just <laughs> facts. It goes my story. Now this is guy a character that drinks all because he's so hard all the time. <laughs> and then, yeah, and it's funny. Good for him. And, and then, and then like, one of the game members chops off his, his hand yeah. to be like, "Yo, stop jerking off." <laughs> And then he he learned to do it with his other hand. <laughs> and then he comes out of prison. And then he's the same gang member that chopped off his hand. He's like, bruh. Like, how did you learn? Like, I'm sorry, man. It's just how I am. <laughs> Literally. It was such it's a it's a very gruesome, it's a very dark show. I, re- I suggest that show to anyone. That sounds so silly from something that like looks so serious. It is. This is dark humor. <laughs> I'll, share, I'll share keep it on. I'll share one thing real quick I'll, too, I'll be very vague with it because it's my personal life but ever start ever since I started eating healthy like every morning I'm hard as fuck <laughs> like, every, every morning just to be like, like, like <laughs> but, but like truthfully when I was eating unhealthy and like drinking a whole bunch and everything like I was just like limb dig fiasco you know and then every morning now it's just like doom, <laughs> you know and, and I don't, the reason I mentioned that I'm like is this healthy or am I just blue balled or this and that? And I think it's real interesting. <laughs> like, I, I, I know that's like real, you know, personal and stuff like that. But Brian, what do you think about Frankie's dick? Yeah, what do you think about my hard dick every morning? Um, I think when this episode comes out, uh, Beatrice is going to be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you just put me down to the gutter, bro. Like, you just dead ass. Just, just, you just said my pussy's not good enough. <laughs> you said, fuck your diet, bro. Like, yo, like, Oh, shout out to you. <laughs> I'm just saying my 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 dick healthy now. <laughs> You're eating pineapple now. Anyway, back back to this semen cookie. <laughs> well, anyway, shout out to you, bitches. I love you. <laughs> There's uh, it says pre. I, I googled preschool teachers semen cookie students. That's what I googled, right? And what came up is this. About to read you a little story. It says a twisted Louisiana ex-teacher who admitted to giving her students cupcakes laced with her husband's sperm has been sentenced to 41 years in prison. This is crazy, right? Disgusting. This is in February 20th. Oh, this is last year, 2022. Um, yeah. She had seven. Oh, we just passed the anniversary. <laughs> yeah, good shout out to her. Aww. You think she she's beautiful? Minus the the semen cookie. How does she look? She looks like she would give a semen. She looks like a teacher. She looks like a teacher. So nice, Holly. <laughs> a teacher who fed her kids semen cookies. She looks like uh, she opened the door during a school shooting. <laughs> <laughs> if, like, if, if, like if he's still out there. She, she looks like she'd be committing the school shooting. <laughs> but uh, 
she faced 72 charges of various sex crimes, 68 of which were dropped in her plea argument. What the hell? Agreement? What the hell? As part of the agree- deal, she agreed to testify against her husband. Damn, she's a little snitch. She put, didn't she put the semen in the cookies? What the fuck? Dennis Perkins, a former sheriff's deputy who is facing 150 criminal charges. How many people eat these cookies? What bro? The fuck? Many of which are also sex crimes. God damn. This is the guy. He look like Dana White. <laughs> yeah, uh, what the hell? He doesn't look like he eats pineapple. Not at all. Dumb cookies. <laughs> Dumb cookies must have been trash. Yeah, they filed for divorce. Um, they were busted after authorities received hey. <laughs> after authorities received a tip at the hey. National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Definitely exploited. I don't know about missing. <laughs> hey. And investigators later found nude photos of them with the minor. All right, this uh, is a gross story. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Shout out to cookies, but not the ones with semen in it. Um, yeah, that's a gross ass story. Have you guys ever seen the trucks for the moving company Siemens uh, Transportation? Yeah, yeah. Like who? Like why? <laughs> and it's just like some like innocent looking girl just like holding a box, and it's like who? Because they want you to know they're moving at, at the top of speed they could. <laughs> they get a. Once, once you get that news, they'll be blasting that way. <laughs> it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're lucky enough, nothing will break. <laughs> if you need your nut to get somewhere else, trust Siemens. That's what I'm trying to say. And then uh, put in the number right here. All right, cool. Javi will do that. I really won't. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I'm about to, bro. I'm about to. <laughs> Tell about my hard dick. <laughs> All right. Let me read this second story to you because the second story is pretty interesting. This third story. Third story. Yeah. Semen Cookie was pretty much the third one. That's definitely going to be in the title for sure. <laughs> um, so this is our fourth story, four story episode. Uh, the, the, this story I figured would really intrigue you just because, uh, you know, the whole AI discussion, I think we've had it on different occasions, very loosely and stuff like that. But um, you really do good with the, like the VR news and like the Dungeons and Dragons things. Like I was really impressed with those news and everything because. I feel like those, re- of course, they re- they really wouldn't come my way, you know, and um, and when, a lot of it I just don't understand, you know. I really like there's a lot of stuff with VR, like you'll say things, and that's when I feel like old oh, fuck because I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this and this and that. Even though I know just a good amount of it, and um, but I think uh, this one has to do with generative AI, which you know what okay. that means, assuming. And for those that don't know, things like Chat GPT, mm-hmm. Dolly, basically what every artist is upset about that it's mimicking there are or this and that or it's going to lower the standard for other artists and stuff like that so even before we begin what do you think about generative ai in both the text to image and chat gbt the text to text or response engine well uh i mean i'll just start off with chat gcp uh because like Mm -hmm. um that's just the first thing that that comes to mind is uh uh, I've told you about this channel before, MKBHD. Mm-hmm. He's one of the like top YouTube channels out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a video about it um, where he actually kind of exposed Chat GTP for mm-hmm. not being as accurate as like people thought it to be, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of said in his video that like while it's a good resource, yeah. it shouldn't be a reliant. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't rely on this. It's just like Google. And you know? Like to an like, extent, like you have to. If you're gonna try to find information, you should find it accurately. With yeah, like, like you know, I mean, e- even to that, because like Google will give you better responses than Chat GTP is true. giving you. Okay, like it, it's more so when you. Well, I'll say it's more so when you try to get into the specifics of things that Chat GDP will start like uh, just creating answers for you. Mm. Um. So when it, when you're trying to get 
basically what he was saying is that if you know the topic, don't ask chat GDP because mm-hmm. it's going to tell you stuff that is inaccurate or stuff that you already know. Mm. It's very low level, essentially. Uh, for me, that's very reminiscent of, uh, for some reason, I want to say Google, but I really think of like Siri and stuff or like Alexa. And I feel like even now when you ask Alexa something, it's like it just tells you, I don't know, but just it'll be like, but you may want to hear this article about it, you know? And I think you're right. And honestly, um, this article was real amazing. I was on Time Magazine, and I think it really breaks down that and a whole bunch more. And it opened my eyes to how to look at AI. Yeah, I mean, I'll also just say that hey, go uh, ahead. Mm-hmm. that like uh, with with sort of Chat GDP and stuff, like knowing knowing what you know, it's never gonna give you what you want mm-hmm. um, or what you need, especially if you're like doing something that is time sensitive or mm-hmm. you're working on a project. Um, so. Again, it's just it's just something you shouldn't rely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny it's funny that you mentioned about the Google Assistant and Siri and stuff like that because MKBHD also did a video where he basically battled all those assistants against mm-hmm. each other, and the winner was the Google Assistant, where mm-hmm. it's just it was able to be more conversational, get uh, more answers correct, be able to answer more things mm-hmm. in a streak and things like that. That's very interesting. You bring that up. And, That's very. Uh, you'll see why when I mention it later. That's and, very very interesting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so. Like it's just interesting to think of that, but mm-hmm. um, even when it comes to sort of like uh, Dolly and things like that, and all this art AI, mm-hmm. I, I'll just say like I definitely have my gripes as of an course. artist. Yeah, yeah. As an artist, you know, <laughs> any artist is gonna have their gripes. Yeah. With oh, AI. I'm so great. Oh, <laughs> but um, I'm so special. But, I'm kidding. Uh, of course you are. Any artist that's you know <laughs> is one is special, but it's just funny. It's fun to poke fun at that shit too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but um. Uh-huh. I'll just say for anyone who's using like AI images as like their profile picture, go touch grass. <laughs> like I'm gonna do it right. Now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it right. Now. Everybody, let's do it right like, now. Go on, go to Hobby touch grass. You can literally <laughs> ask any talented yeah. artist to do that for you. Yeah, and and, ve- and a lot more untalented artists. <laughs> you can ask anyone to do it for you. Like yeah, fucking it. I uh, that just mm. annoys me. <laughs> But um, yeah. I, I I have like seen that even for sort of the, this art AI mm-hmm. that it could be used as a sort of resource for artists that are struggling with certain concepts mm-hmm. or are trying or just like drawing a blank. Yeah. And then and then when it comes to that, I don't really have a problem with it because mm-hmm. it's like if I can't imagine something in my head like yeah i'll type it up and mm-hmm. see what this spits out at me and so that way i have reference mm-hmm. because many artists draw from reference well it's i not, mean it's not unheard of i think i think anything that an artist draws and i'm i'm i won't say this is a complete accurate statement i think anything an artist draws creates sculpts anything like that i think it's in reference to things that they've seen but it's also you know uh how can I say an outcome of all their past experiences which no, is yeah and, and I, I think the the past experiences is what makes it the most unique you know because uh the AI is the same way you know what I mean obviously I'm not with human experiences and this and that but when you mentioned the first thing about um the guy competing all the AIs together and, and see which one is the best one it, it, the thing is about AI and, and I'll repeat this later on is that every time it's used it's gaining more knowledge to make it better Mm-hmm. So like within that process, he's only bettering AI, yeah. and like we're in such early stages of it with like the public availability that it's it's you know it's only gonna get better. Like every time you use it, it's gonna be better than the last one. Like just realistically, and the millions of users. And so I think when it comes to like creating images, as long as it's not stealing art, which is kind of hard to do when you're kind of merging everything together, um, it's very interesting. 
And uh, I still don't know how I feel about the art thing. I will say that the yeah, art thing is like, very hard to really. I, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna say that. Like mm-hmm. I, I still don't really know how to feel about it because, yeah, it, yeah. like, like mm-hmm. I just said, in, in when it comes to the idea of like people just using it to just take pictures and post it on Instagram, mm-hmm. it's like you could get an artist to do that for you. Yeah, but, but you then, also like. But why would you do that when you can use the AI, like to like to post because it's I mean. Well, let me not say that, but it's just like it's a fun little thing to do to like make an AI version of yourself. You know, it's like a different form. Like you can you can get an artist to take a picture of you for sure. You could take a selfie of yourself, but it's just like it's a unique form to make a way you'd look exist. You know? Yeah, but mm-hmm. artists can do that. You don't need the AI to do that, which is just. But you don't need an artist to do either by that logic. You know? No, you don't. But it's just like a you you can just bring up the argument of like supporting your local artists and yeah, but you like know, that and so it's like I think that's a completely optional thing to do. I think when it, when you it cause, is optional because yeah, artists that, should uh, artists should do it for free if they're doing it for passion. I mean, I'll do it for free. That that like I, Frankie, you. Nah, know I'm kidding. Me. I'm kidding completely. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding completely because I know it's a sensitive subject for artists. Realistically, too, I'm not even trying to like you know just to play devil advocate or whatever. I just say it in, in the sense of. I think um, it's it's like remember we had the conversation about it's funny that Brian's here because he was here for that conversation with the white person cooking Mexican food and being deemed oh, the yeah. Mexican, Mexican chef. So it's like your logic was like he if if a lot of people are putting down the white chef for cooking Mexican food that you would just say well you if that was me I would just be better. Like mm-hmm. isn't that logic here? You know, able to be instilled that like as an artist I mean, you should yeah, just be better. Yeah, without a doubt. But that's know? also why I don't have a super strong stance about the mm-hmm. topic. But in, in general, like, to all artists, right? Like, isn't this their moment to step it up? Because I mean, in in general, art is such a competitive area in terms of like making a living. Like, a, you know, not, not to be like rich, but to just make it a living where you can do it comfortably at your own pace in your own style and and exist being an artist. I think. With the AI there are more and everything, brick, broke artists and there are rich artists for sure. But there, but I mean, that's just the reality of the world because there are a lot of rich, shitty artists and a lot more talented, you know, not relevant people. And that's 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 not that's not because the art is bad. That's just because the selectivity of people and wealth and and like how they interpret art is just very, very different. It's yeah, just different. Not different, but just selective. I guess I know how you selective twice. It's just. I think I think there's a lot of romanticization as opposed to real hard work, grit, grind, and an opportunity. Opportunity, you know what I mean? I, I, there's so much artists because I think everybody can be an artist. Like not everybody can be an accountant. Not everybody can be a president. Everybody can be an artist. You know, like because when you when you when you draw, you know, you, it's like gender identity. Just identify <laughs> as an artist. <laughs> Go touch your fucking grass, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I, I think it's uh, and again I'm, I myself and I'll say this like even doing this podcast like you know you can be an artist in that way you can be an artist in many ways you know what I mean when I wake up with my heart dick in the morning <laughs> like I'm an artist you're like wow what a piece of art <laughs> I'm just gonna keep mentioning it because it's, so, it's the most personal thing I've had on the podcast which is hilarious <laughs> um, but I think it's I can talk about my my dick too if you want if you want me to but we want to talk about dicks <laughs> like, I, if you if you don't want to feel alone like no nah, fuck your dick bro. <laughs> I, I I mean you know say less. <laughs> <laughs> but I turn this AI on. All right, but um, ultimately, I when I was reading the article, I thought it was going the direction of this conversation, like speaking about how we're gonna de- it's gonna diminish the the modern artist and this and that. But this is a lot more interesting because it real gets into the depth of depth of the AI, its impact, and um, you know the future it's coming about and the real in depth of the 
company is overseeing it. You know, but it, it, honestly speaking, reading this article, and I'll start right now, um, it gave me a better understanding and a, you know, a balance view of how artists and AI should feel like together coexisting yeah. and stuff. I mean, before, before mm-hmm. you do get no, no, yeah, yeah, it, I'll, say I'll what just, you gotta say. I'll just finish off mm-hmm. just like my sort of stances, just mm-hmm. that I don't have a strong stance on it. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't like, I, while I might say that I don't really like that people use these AI images on like Instagram mm-hmm. and things like that and whatever, I understand it's fun to do that, but yeah. to like, I guess to show it off and be like, Oh, look at this, look mm-hmm. at me, but this way and this and that, just rubs me the wrong way but i understand like in it like i mentioned before in the same regard artists who could use it to create reference to draw Mm -hmm. from reference Mm -hmm. who are drawing blanks on certain things who can't literally imagine certain things so wouldn't that be plagiarism though if you use ai to show you something and then you want to base something off that and that just plagiarism to the ai or like well that's just drawing from reference like Mm -hmm. like and many like talented artists like even for the amc section yeah yeah. But, uh, the, the comics you said right like they'll you they'll, they'll see a picture of a person and they'll draw them in that form and everything which comic was that uh well oh. that that's just almost all, all just in general the but there are certain that artists that, artist that use that method right yeah so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like mm-hmm. at that point are you gonna say that they're just copying other pieces like yeah well, no, could, but, i mean yeah, not you could really say that, yeah, yeah. but it's just at the end of the day it's just the the term of it is that they're drawing from reference mm. And so, mm-hmm. like, to use AI to create reference, I can understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can totally, completely understand okay. that. So that's why I don't have a set stance on it, because I'm just kind of like, I can see the benefits, yeah. but I could also see the disadvantages of yeah, yeah. AI coming into the art space. Okay. All right, cool. Um, this is, I really want to continue that conversation, but I want to I wanna do more research, mm-hmm. um, especially because I really think it's a, it's a very, uh, very much... <clears throat> what's the word what's the word um it incites a lot of emotion in artists and mm-hmm. I, I very much like to bring a conversation that does that because i think when you're emotionate you're, you're emotion you're emotional you're more passionate when you're passionate you're more truthful you know and sometimes you just say what you think rather than i like, just say something wild racist. <laughs> <laughs> nazis man i mean can't, can't we just be them <laughs> ai is like fucking hitler man <laughs> correct and that's actually another point i'm making here so let me start let me start because i think this is a, i think this is such a great article um okay and come me off whenever you want so, so because this is, i think this is great you too brian if you want to say some shit so ai today is being used to prepare tax returns debugging code providing health advice and sketching architectural blueprints they also assemble cars respond to emails and price medicine in houses quote chat box like gpt are powered by large amounts of data and computing techniques to make predictions to string words together in a meaningful way they not only tap into a tap into a vast amount of vocabulary and information but also understand words in context. This helps to mimic speech patterns while dispatching an encyclopedic knowledge. Uh, that's Insider Magazine. Okay. Dolly and Dolly 2, spelled D-A-L-L-E and D-A-L-L-E 2, are deep learning models developed by OpenAI to generate digital images from natural language descriptions called prompts. Basically, text to image. So you can write like, Harry Styles on a banana floating through Mars and it'll mm. come up with all the sources from the internet to give you the most accurate descri- the depiction in many different ways. And I think we talked about it like a while back before yeah. it really got huge, huge. Um, I reached out to Red Band because that's where I learned it from. And uh, when I saw it happening in real time, I was baffled. 
Like I, was, I think MKBHD, I showed you the video. Uh, covered that mm-hmm. as well when it first came out. It's real amazing stuff. And regardless of anything, it is very amazing. I think so. Like for the technology to be that advanced right now, yeah. uh, especially with this AI voice stuff, like people making Biden, you know, voices and stuff like that. Even with like the uh, anybody, um, the Nixon speech mm-hmm. that I showed. Last yeah, yeah, episode. yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. So stuff like that is real impressive. All right. So in January, Chat GPT reached 100 million month user rates, a faster rate of adoption than Instagram and TikTok. Certain forecasters predict that the global economy can generate $15 trillion by 2030 due to AI, which is crazy. Damn. There's a lot of money. Can make it a dollar? <laughs> Companies like Google and Microsoft no. are within their own race to generate the better AI. And this whole concept, I look at it as like the race to the moon from Russia and the US and stuff like that. Um, Google presented its developed AI on Twitter called Bard, which is described as a launchpad for curiosity, quote, a launchpad for curiosity, end quote. And search seal to quote help simplify complex topics. So, have you heard of Bard? I haven't. So you mentioned Google Assistant earlier, right? Mm-hmm. So from I wasn't going to do this topic to begin with because I read some other article, boring as fuck. Um, but it talked about Google Assistant, and it's not the strongest. I mean, the MK what's the name? I said MKBHD. Yeah, from what they from if he says it's the best one, but from what I've read, Google Assistant is not at all like close to being the best one today. You know? Okay. From what I from what I've read. But it's funny that you mentioned that Google Assistant won this because um, so an ad shown by Google and accompanied by a GIF was a question to Bard. The question and, and Bard is uh, from Google, from its parent company, Alphabet. Right. Mm-hmm. So Google is owned by Alphabet. And this is all coming down to Bard, which is a generative AI through Google to be really like, descriptive. The, the ad was um, by Google and accompanied by a GIF with a question to Bard. The question was, quote, what new discoveries from the James Webb space telescope can i tell my nine-year-old about end quote Bard, a chatbot responded with bullet points with one being that the james webb space telescope was the first to take pictures of planets outside the earth's solar system which are exoplanets this particular bullet point was incorrect because the james webb's telescope wasn't the first to see exoplanets in fact the european southern observatory telescope was actually the first to accomplish this in 2004 Okay. The reason I bring this up is that because of this one mistake, Google's parent company, Alphabet, lost $100 billion in market value. Oof. That's a lot of fucking money for getting one thing wrong. Yeah. And I asked my friend June at work, shout out to June, I was like, why do you think they lost so much money off uh, off like this one answer being incorrect? And he was like, you don't understand how many people are relying on AI technology today. And I'm referencing right now everything I just said in the beginning, the price of medicine, the houses, the architecture, everything, right? A hundred billion dollars was lost because this AI got one question wrong about a telescope. It's crazy to me. Yeah, um, I mean, hundred billion dollars. It, it's like MKBHD said mm-hmm. in his video. Like what I mentioned is that you shouldn't be reliant on these AIs. Yeah, but then I get more into it later on. I think that's like hold hold that thought, right? So their shares momentarily lowered by nine, momentarily lowered by nine percent, and Microsoft shares rose by three percent. Microsoft has invested ten billion dollars into OpenAI, which is the OpenAI is the startup engine that created ChatGPT and Dolly. Those two, what I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Microsoft hopes to include the generative AI into its search engine Bing and Office software. Some believe that generative AI could be as huge as when the first iPhone was announced, or uh, or I think Microsoft Office, one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the but the iPhone was the best reference for I think people that are listening now. Although generative AI has been in the works for quite some time, a huge concern has been its potential to involve hate speech, misinformation, and more within that nature while it's being used. 
Uh, this is a Tay chatbot was released by Microsoft in 2016, but it, I've mentioned <clears> that on the show before. It became Holocaust denying, so they shut it down. And it took less than 24 hours for it to tweet, Hitler was right, I hate the Jews, and that feminists should all die and burn in hell. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, AI today works through a neural network, which is a com- computing paradigm based off the human brain. See, these are things I didn't know. Um, so I'm going to repeat that again. This is why I really very much like this article, because it helps me understand what AI is in a much more like drained way where I can really understand so AI today works through a neural network, which is a computing paradigm based off the human brain. The way neural networks work is by consistently teaching themselves to spot patterns within data. Therefore, they're able to function much more when fed data and computing power. Before Dolly was made widely available, OpenAI only released it to a group of trusted users in order to, quote, understand and address the biases that Dolly has inherited from its training data. Another company, so basically they were like, Let me, let's hold off. Let's hold mm. off for a bit. Let's let the people that aren't going to put in like swastikas and shit in the, you know, in yeah, the text to yeah. image shit. And let's trust a couple people to use our stuff for now. And people were aggravated. They were like, we want to use this AI already, right? So another company was like, fuck it. It was called uh, Stability AI is the company. And they released Stable Diffusion, which is a text to image generative AI. And unlike Dolly and similar companies, that was available to everyone immediately. And it was believed that this would be a move that would help other companies develop their own AI through collected information from stable diffusion. Um, basically saying that the more people that use this will help <clears throat> other companies develop other companies. their AI because yeah. the, the main basis of everything is that the more you use the AI and the more the world uses the AI, the better, the better it's going it to be. That's the main point of everything. Mm-hmm. Right? AI will go on to be used to form blueprints for architects, AI-based script for colors, and develop quizzes and articles for publications, and even one in art competition. Somebody used AI to win an art competition, Dang. which I thought was pretty impressive. With AI's popularity, popularity rising, companies like Microsoft, Google, and more are rushing to release. And one take on it mentioned that it's, uh, quote, prioritizing speed over safety. That's from Time Magazine. Uh, deep fakes are also a huge concern with AI. And um, you want to explain what deep fakes are? It's just creating, recreating someone's face or voice. Uh, in any scenario. Voice. It could be like a violent scenario. It could be in a sexual scenario. It could be in a like, political or this and that. Yeah, and, just um, recreating their face yeah, and voice to and just very realistic. do whatever you want. Yeah. And a vital example was one of Joe Biden talking shit about transgender people. That was a very viral, viral one that went around that he was like, they mimicked the voice and the face and everything. And it sounded like he was talking bad about transgenders. I didn't see um, that. Crazy stuff. Um, lawsuits are also arising from the AI using artists work without their permission. Um, and this is, this is something that I read that I'm interpreting. So a concern I read about and I'm interpreting because I was a little confused was that a news outlet, news outlets will have difficulty competing with AI that spews news. Um, basically one mega AI that would gather all the info from the media and display it to whoever visit or uses that AI. So my thought is that I'm assuming they're saying that news outlets will have a problem with AI because the AI will be the one source collecting all the news and putting it into one like uh tunnel. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, right? yeah that makes sense. All right, so I interpreted it good. Um, <clears throat> big companies that release this generative AI for free, do it at a cost, but with long-term benefit. OpenAI is able to bear the cost of every chat um, occurring due to Microsoft's financial investment in them. So, uh, like Instagram and other things, uh, this chat GPT and all this stuff, they're able to function more be- for free 
because uh you know Microsoft is investing companies are investing um that's their that's their scheme for a lot of other things you know mm-hmm. and uh if smaller companies attempt to do this like to mimic the strategy they will lose money drastically in comparison with a diff- difficult point of recovery so they're not able to afford it like chat gbt can because they yeah. have investors um this ai being free allows usage to skyrocket and with the consumer base dependent on few options of generative ai but this month, OpenAI brought in a $20 month charge, but for a subscription tier of Chatbot. So now, like, uh, now you can pay for like a higher up tier to use Chatbot. Yeah. I know Dolly, <clears throat> it was free initially, but you can only use like $15 worth of, like you, you, you could use it, but you can only make a certain amount of searches every like day. Oh, okay. yeah. So okay. like it limited a, a good amount. Um, the irony is that with large dependency on AI from information by the people, uh, will blur what is actual misinformation or advertisements in the future in regards to any information. The explicit goal. This, uh, this I'll, is, I'll just say, like, uh-huh, go ahead. this just kind of almost sounds like early days of the internet. Of mm-hmm. like, well, just not even early days, but just mm-hmm. I guess in general, the internet mm-hmm. is just like no. But the internet, like, I think, was so revolutionary in how it changed everything. No, of yeah. course. I just I I I backtracked on that idea just because mm-hmm. I was thinking of like you know in the early days like we all kind of dealt with that misinformation mm-hmm. of like the fact that people could change whatever they wanted on Wikipedia and things mm-hmm. like that and people just would accept whatever they saw on the internet mm-hmm. like back in the day, but then mm-hmm. what? And that's mm-hmm. why I backtrack on it because uh, even today people still are like that, especially uh, older people. Yeah, like the lady like you that. said who couldn't figure out her shit and everything. Yeah, like older yeah. people are like I've seen like the meme and stuff of like how parents used to tell us to not trust everything we see on the internet, but now I'm telling my parent the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like that. That is entirely true. I look at the internet like when they invented the wheel, and I look at AI as if when they invented the car. You get me? Okay. Like it's a more enhanced version of what, but the wheel changed everything. You know, you know, ideologically speaking, like the transfer things and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the internet, you literally went from being a caveman to like access to the world, like to email somebody in fucking Siberia, you know? <clears throat> and so. Shout out to Siberia. Shout out to my Siberians and Turkey and Turkey and Turkey and Turkey. Rest in peace. A lot of people. Um, this was a quote from the book. And I think I want you, I want your take on this. Um, Quote, the explicit goal of many of these AI companies, including OpenAI, is to create an artificial gen- general intelligence, or AGI, that can think and learn more efficiently than humans. If future AIs gain the ability to rapidly improve themselves without human guidance or intervention, they could potentially wipe out humanity. An off-sided thought experiment is that of an I- ah, I'm sorry. An off-sided thought experiment is that of an AI that following a command to maximize the number of Paper clips it can produce makes itself into a world dominating super intelligence that harvests all the carbon at its disposal, including from a life on Earth. In a twenty twenty in a twenty twenty two survey of AI researchers, nearly half of the respondents said that there was a ten percent of greater chance that AI could lead to such a catastrophe. So basically, I know that was a little jumbled up and like whatever. Okay, basically yeah. saying AI can fucking dominate the world yeah, if it's yeah. able to. And and I really realized how true that was. But then when you look at the basis of how much is going to be used, how much is going to be involved from like learning from us and this next point, um, actually, no, let me, let me just say the next point and then we'll continue uh, to avoid this quote world domination. Some techs are developing AIs to grow with human value within it. So they want to basically raise the AI, but with the association of human value along its, you know, nature frequency. Nature. Yeah. But only 80 to 120 researchers are developing AI with this in mind. 
because there is such a race to develop the best generative AI, others may not have this human value aspect prioritized. So only 80 to 120 people are basically like iRobot type shit, like trying to make a robot be like an iRobot. For those who haven't seen the movie, like think like a human, I think therefore I am type shit. But other ones just wanted to advance no matter what. And so how what's the other side of the 80 to the 120 that don't give a fuck how it generates as long as they can make money? My last two points is that a big... And that fe- definitely connects a lot to not even iRobot, mm-hmm. but Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, it just all those dystopian, like, you know... But yeah, definitely Blade Runner with everything else. A big fear of AI success and implementation to society, society is how it may turn big, te- big tech into the capital empire through its widespread usage and financial gain. Um... And lastly, the leaders of OpenAI and DeepMind have hinted that they'd like to they'd like the wealth and power uh, emanating from AI to somehow be restrib- redistributed, right? The big tech executives who control the purse strings, on the other hand, are primarily accountable to their shareholders. So it's like every company, like, no, we want to mm-hmm. get back to the community, but yeah. like, really, what are you going to do with that money and stuff? So that's pretty much the whole AI. And, and my whole thing when it comes down to not being relying on it, it's like, I get that and you shouldn't be right now but when it starts getting like much more advanced like it may be a valuable source to rely on because it's learned so much from your mistakes like it's 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 inevitably going to get things that were wrong or correct because it's going to learn from those things and and with it being used in so many different areas you know right now it may not be good but five years from now and 10 years from now like you put a kid in college for 12 years it's going to learn something you put an AI with constant algorithmic, you know, adaptations to everything, it has to get more things correct than it did previously, especially if we're angling it that way. Yeah, I mean, you know? logically, it makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Logically, that's like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's how it should go. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's how that's how it's going. Like, yeah, you know, that's like, not it's not like hypothetical within this scenario. Like, it's no, truthful yeah, I, and actual. Like, like mm-hmm. it like it with with most things mm-hmm. it it seems this seems pretty natural yeah, yeah it's just of the growth of it and and that's um, the scariest thing how natural it is for something that's so artificial you know and and that that's where a lot of this conversation comes into play mm-hmm. of just even questioning yeah don't rely on it now but rely on it later yeah it's like when 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 does that line blur of how much do we rely on technology mm. as human beings because i mean we already do completely like look at yeah. this scenario we're in we're headphones in our ears uh, exactly microphones and, laptop and phones it, it's just it, i only bring that up because for some people mm-hmm. they don't want to give that up oh, absolutely absolutely and so i just think that's so interesting it's just mm-hmm. like AI is such a brand new technology yeah. in a world that is still developing. Mm-hmm. We're it always developing, me, though. We're they, never not developing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it makes me so curious of just like the people that are more tech illiterate. How do they feel about AI? Mm-hmm. Do they even understand? I think how it works. I think people who are younger than us will understand it way more. You know, I know you're very tech savvy, and I don't consider myself that tech savvy, even though I am more than like people who are older than me. But when I look at like younger people, like they're incredibly tech savvy because they've been using technology from literally the moment they can experience the world, you know, like, and I think that's real interesting. And uh, eventually it becomes second nature and like with coding and stuff like that. Like there's a program that I didn't write down. I didn't understand it, but it can like translate speech to coding. And it's crazy. That's fucking crazy, man. So like little things like that, I'm like baffled. That almost makes yeah. me think of again that scene in Blade Runner when mm-hmm. he's like uh, controlling the camera thing. Yeah, he's, he's like, like Go two, to four, this. six, seven, and enhance. 
um, that's it's a like those voice commands yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, that could mm-hmm. happen. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, that AI, AI go crazy. AI go, what do you think, Brian? What do you think about it? Because AI yeah. go burr. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the beginning, like when you were talking about how even like art to like AI or um, like you know how you're talking about artists. Well, it was funny because I remember like back when I was bartending, I was meeting I was meeting a lot of people that were just starting to get into like uh, photography, right? Okay. And then, you know, the big thing came out with like filters, mm-hmm. with filters with the um, you know the camera and Instagram and stuff like that. And photographers would be like, "Yo, I spent four years in college to learn like the mechanics of a camera, and now your iPhone or Samsung could do all that." And then with the filter too now, and it's crazy because it's like normally now we can't even tell if it was done by a camera like a specialized camera like a kind of like a canon or whatever yeah yeah or, or someone's iphone or samsung like it's just ridiculous like i like for example like my background picture is like uh, it's like the moon of the red but it's because i could zoom in like 15 times mm-hmm. android did have some trickery with the moon taking photos because they definitely enhanced it right there there are some features in android that i'm not i'm not knocking it down but yeah. even that's proving your point that the, the moon photos that they advertise, it, it would attribute its own effects to enhance the moon's how it looks. What it is is basically that it scans the whatever picture or whatever image it shows on your screen, and it enhances it to be like, okay, well, this is how it looked like without blurriness and stuff. Like I, I have it on my phone too. Uh-huh. Like, I have pictures of the moon myself, and I'm so shocked. Like, yo, I can't believe I could zoom in. Like back then when I was younger, and I, I guess it, it goes to the possibilities of like your your age and stuff like because yeah. you you've seen technology grow, right? Uh, but yeah, but um, I was just remember uh, talking to this guy like, yo, I spent four years in college, like, like, like be a photographer and stuff like that. And it's like, well, if I had just if I was just born like maybe like six years later, <laughs> I would have I wouldn't have to do it if I still had to see. It. But it also comes down to passion now. Like, what do you want to do? You know, like yeah, I mean, uh, there there was a moment where um, uh, one time where we. Uh, uh, Lucas, Frankie, and I got into a conversation yeah. about that with with photography because Lucas's camera that he was using was a black and white camera, yeah. and Lucas was showing Frankie all the photos that he took, and Frankie was like, "Yeah, but like you can just do this on an iPhone, right?" And like, and uh, I was just like, we were just trying to get the point across of like, yeah, you can do this on an iPhone, but to do it on a camera isn't just a simple point and shoot. Yeah, to get those results on a camera uh, is more work. And then, and then you know, again, like. And that's why you explain passion and like how some people would do it for free. But then you think about it, it's like people want to make a career out of this. Yeah. And like you have to make money and survive. Like, you know, like this guy was like, yo, it's crazy because like, I mean, realistically, I went to school for this. I'm paying off this debt. And like, I figured my pictures would pay that off. But now like, I don't even have to spend so much. It kind of was like a little blessed because like, at least I don't have to spend so much on a camera because I could have it on the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's also like, kind of sucks the fun out of it like it was almost like it was going down his own demise be like well damn like it's not funny though because you know and i get it i get it but then i get that's his dilemma other people could view it very differently it's all perspective you know like how you said but it comes down to like is that gonna make him money or not yeah you know and it's the way he's making the money because he. it said, also just comes down to the person like, of, that's like, like, it's of how much money of like if you even yeah, care about money exactly. and things like that and, so and um same thing there was another guy who would make uh he, he did music and so he made beats okay so like in order to like get recognition he would just sell his light like his rights for like five dollars 
to like apps that needed like beats or like background music. Uh-huh. And obviously, like, like let, let's say um, you're playing like I don't, I don't like a Temple Run or something like that. Like that music was probably bought off like some person for dirt cheap, for dirt cheap right? Or, or better yet, now for for the point across for AI, like a company could literally just be like, oh, I want this type of like this type of music to be like, oh, okay, I want like. Oh, mellow. I want scary. I want to fit this app. And all the company has to do is just... What happens when AI makes music? Like, what happens when they make a best-selling album? <laughs> like, yeah, like no, you know? Because yeah. then, like, you actually will enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, say, like, a Michael Jackson type of album or something. Yeah. And, like, not not on the same sound, but, like, if you like it, music is one of those things where, like, you can't resist it. Exactly. So what if it makes, like, 12 straight hits? And one? What if AI makes the best-selling album in the world? Ugh. <sighs> I mean, it's crazy because like all, all the AI has to do is just integrate the top selling albums of what certain decades and be like, oh well, this is the best album now for this decade because it's like people like this, yeah. So let's yeah, do this. Yeah. And it's like um um <laughs> another thing that like really caught my attention was also like when he was doing te- text to speech, right? Uh huh. So there are programs now that like let you could write out an essay, uh huh. Where you, or you know, you, let's say you do an essay for school. You don't have to type it up. You could just say it. You know, I, I think there's a program for that where you could just say it and it'll just change the words to be more like sophisticated or to change. Yeah, the, like Grammarly yeah, is one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now, but like imagine saying it and it just switches up the words so it sounds more like, it sounds smarter or sounds more, again, like, you'd be like, oh, wow, this guy's very intellectual. Yeah, I mean, like, it. I'll just say even to that, like, as an English major, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that stuff kind of also bothers me. No, of course, 100%. Um and I, I again, I, I, I would agree too, because now, like, for me, like, I, I, my grammar and punctuation is horrible. But if I had that program, I'd probably be like, oh shit, I wish I had that, you know, when I was younger, you know. But then again, I probably wouldn't learn, or you know, maybe, or maybe I would, like, if I had to reread over it. Yeah, because that, that's, that's just my argument about that of like the Grammarly stuff and yeah. things like that. Those sorts of apps of just like. You're just letting it someone do it for you. Yeah. Where it's like you're not even learning. You're just giving yeah. up. Like, okay, you do it for me. Yeah, but I mean, but the, again, that's the thing too. Like now, even when you have to write down essays, for example, like or maybe you have to make a um a debate, like or you have to do a a cause and effect article or or a paragraph, or you have to find the perfect thesis. Mm-hmm. But to start every paragraph, like you can literally put it in in AI, and it'll give you like, oh, maybe you should start your sentence like this, and it's crazy because like. That's when it's always like no, no, no kids are actual learning. You know, kids are gonna be dumb in a sense because they understand that the AI hey, could do it for them. Yeah, which causes like, like again, I see it in like today's uh, kids too. Like now, like the math too. Like it won't be top of the head. They could literally just ask their phone like, "Hey, Google, what's?" Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh, "There are shit. definitely apps that like you can just take pictures of math equations and, then and it'll, it'll just, just solve it for, it for you." That type of AI is crazy because it's like. Yeah, because it's like not again, like not only just our art, it's like the way kids are learning. Like that's gonna like, yeah, they'll be tech savvy, but how much would they know? Like so most kids won't even know how to tell time, um, uh, through a uh, analog, analog. Yeah, like what if um in the future when like all these like all this advanced technology is able to be used by children, like not through phones, like through phones, I think is a more prehistoric way in terms of the future of how we're gonna do like math through the technology. But what if, like, they're able to access that, you know, informa- that ability, let's just say, to do math real fast? Like, it's not that it, w- it would be unnecessary to learn math, but it would be like the camera thing you said with the whole black and white. 
yeah, you can cherish, you know, learning how to do a formula and stuff like that. But if you're able to just do it fast, the whole point isn't to diminish the craft and the art form. It really is to make it more accessible to everyone, you mm-hmm. know. And and like, yeah, you, you can say like, oh, who cares about like the Pythagorean theorem? But then it's like, but then people can do their own taxes. People can do like finance themselves better. Like you, you won't need financial advisors or, you know, like you'll have the app to do that. Or like the AI to do that. So like, it would, would it make the world better if it diminishes? I mean, it'll probably make intelligence less. But if you have technology, you have all the intelligence, which I know is like a little dystopic to say. But like, think about that. What do you think? Even now, I mean, like accountants, for example, we have our accountants, you know. But but yeah, but like again, we could go to Credit Karma, take pictures of our tax reforms, and they'll do it for us. No, and and definitely so. And it's like, what scares me? It's like that. I'm not against this. So like. What are going to be the jobs that we do? How how is how are we as a society gonna like? Because you know we I've seen already videos of like the IHOP that has that mm-hmm. robotic waiter that goes around. Yeah, I've seen the the robotic bartender. You know, it's like where it's like they make the drinks right then and there. Now for bartending, I don't know. I, I think there's a uh, that one. Human I feel yeah, that. human connection is like that that shit that really counts. But accounting again, like you could take a picture of your tax your tax returns or tax forms. And it'll do it for you. Yeah. And so accounting, like H and R Block, like at the end of the day, you're not gonna need people anymore. You're just gonna need a picture, like literally, like something. And then even to then, like imagine the AI goes like, whoa, 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 like you're missing a tax form, or like, hey, like maybe to get more tax return, you should do this. Now it's giving you more suggestions because it's getting more advanced. Mm-hmm. You know. And now, like I remember, uh, the. I remember there's again and for teaching wise there's two types of teachers one that teaches through like through like computers and one that actually tries to make a human connection and I remember my my teacher would just literally go on a website and he would literally click and he'd be like oh this is how you learn this is this is how you do trigonometry and I was like what the fuck like you know if that's the case I gotta just stay at home you get me but there was another teacher like oh yeah let me tell you about uh Constant Napoleon like because of this and he made it into a story like that's this you know, but it, you know, like it comes to the idea of like, are, are we gonna get less smart, or are we just gonna have all the information accessible? And it's like, well, would that make us smart? And I remember the whole argument would be like, well, you have to know how to like uh, do the math, or like you have to know how to think think for yourself, or think differently, like the way you uh, solve problems, critical thinking, exactly. But it's not if we're all gonna think the same way. I mean, like, it's going to be a little insane because it's like, now we're going to have all that one idea. We're going to share that same idea. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say even to that, just that idea of, like, I, I've always pushed for this where I just feel like in education in general, schools should be teaching critical thinking more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Because while it's cool and all and whatever to learn this and that and shit you're never going to use, but it's just with critical thinking, you're if you teach someone how to think for themselves – they can go miles. Yeah. They can go miles yeah, 100%, with that. Yeah. And it's just there in education today, we don't teach yeah. that. And with something on the rise, like AI that can stunt that even more is, is a very scary thing to think about. But with that in mind and what you said in mind, Brian, now like, let's say, let's take the things that you can just Google within the, within consideration, right? Math, history, right? Your core values, of course, being like English, you know, speaking, you know, putting together how to talk and stuff like that. Those things, you no AI is going to fix how you talk unless you're Stephen Hawking, you know, ha ha ha, you know, but um, 
when you consider what you're saying, critical thinking, if AI was able to overcome these, you know, things that you'll never use in life, like, you know, stats, if you're not going to be a statistician or this and that, if you're able to lessen these and like these, these subjects in school more, you can make more time for critical thinking. You can make more time for philosophy, for music, for art. And now while in this time period, it'll make artists like struggle a little more. If AI is able to free up more time by letting you do things much easier through its technology, wouldn't artists have more time not being like baristas or like, you know, uh, cashiers or, you know, like truck drivers and have yeah. more time to work on themselves? I mean, to, definitely. That to, sounds nice. Yeah. That, that I mean, also, but that let, also me, let me finish this thought. Okay. Uh, today I was talking to Cameron, right? And mm -hmm. he said, uh, the, and it's crazy. He said that he was like, um, he was like, uh, what are you? Uh, I complimented his comic books, and I was like, "Yeah, man, like you really got them." He's like, "Yeah, I hope that one day I don't have to be doing this, and I could just work on my comics." And just to back to that point, like, wouldn't this, like, you know, all these jobs being taken at first it sounds real scary and dystopian, but in the future, in a real world where government isn't trash, wouldn't you have more time to work on? Wouldn't you have more time to work on what you actually want to do? You know, like, does that make a little sense? Say what you were going to say. Yeah, no, the, I was the, just going to say that, like, that that sounds nice and all, but that definitely sounds like something that would come down more to the, to a systemic uh, value. Yeah. Like, like it, it would have to really, like, we would have to change things at a systemic value for uh, for as a society to yeah. maneuver like that. And so it's just, I, I, I wish we could do that. I, I wish we could just, like, sort of use AI to lessen the things that are not as important to us. Uh, but it's just you never know what's gonna click for someone. I think I think it, it comes down to that, like what you said. Like I think it just comes down to like the culture, society. You know, um, I I don't know. It's just like again, I, I always keep this thing in mind. This comment I remember, um, it was like a Reddit post, and it was like saying, "What does America? How, how do people outside of America feel about Americans?" And oh, like, I think I saw and this. It's like, oh yeah, people, uh, uh. The way uh, America looks at Florida is the way like uh, we all look did. at the rest of. And then it was yeah. like, very interesting because they'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's because like you guys think that the world revolves around you." And I and I, I do hundred percent think that I think that we as America as a whole, like we do. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I really do think that we we feel like it revolves around us. And then when you see other countries, the way they have used uh, technology and stuff like that, definitely for the worse or for the better. Um, I think it's just it just crazy like if you look at like there's this oh i was gonna mention yeah there's, there's this youtuber who um calls back the scammers you know the people that scam and ask you for like your social security or like ask you like oh uh please pay your con and bill right now or else they're gonna like you know mm -hmm. cut it off right now and so what he does is he uses the technology that he has the ai to uh to track their location get their money that all the money that they scammed and he takes it from them. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I, I remember, like, I remember seeing a video, a whole video of it. And I was like, what? And, but then again, it's because, like, it was this Middle Eastern country that was, like, um, that was scamming. Like, you know, like, it was dead. Like, it was just scamming. But he was a technology for good. It was just like, oh, like, every money, all the money that he took from the scammers, he donates it. Like, he shows, like, oh, like, like they, they had, like, uh, like $40,000 in the bank, in their bank. Mm -hmm. I was able to wire it to my bank. And so I'm going to, like, donate it to charity. Okay. And okay. Me, like, like, yeah, yeah. like, and this is all a YouTube like channel. And I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like, I it just came across it. You don't want, like one of You're like, I was not expecting yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and then again, but then you, okay, then you see people using technology for good, and it's like okay, like the, the way they're improving their transportation. You know, like um, 
again, like Japan, like the way they're. I remember you guys brought it up in the episode about the about the like anti-suicide barriers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Japan, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> and then Japan has been doing that already for like about ten years now. Yeah, you know, probably maybe a little less or maybe more. But I mean, I remember when I went and like I, I saw the barriers just magnetically go up, and I was like, "What is this? This is like <laughs> the technology is insane." So I, I, I think I do really think it like stems on how we are, and because America is so big, and you know, especially um, the South, the way their education is going or like their leadership <laughs> is going, I think it really again it depends on like how we teach it and how we like you know understand as a society or community. Mm-hmm. Because I think New York, I think what what really hurts us is like, the way we fund technology mm-hmm. it's not that we don't like appreciate it, it's just the way we fund it and at places like the south it's like they don't fund it at all or they want to go back to like fucking like the set like the 60s tablets, yeah it's stone tablets yeah <laughs> and then in Ca- and like i know in, in california it's like well celebrities always fund back their schools so, so they always get all the technologies too mm. you know it's so it's it's it, very unequal yeah definitely yeah and then you see private schools that get tablets to take home and stuff like that, you know? Mm. So I, I think it, it does depend on like a society sense, or like how we act as a society culture. But I, I always think back, like again, like what the countries that are advanced and countries that like take their technology serious, like how are they teaching it? You know? So that's something, you know, that really kind of like comes about, especially with laws too. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we have people like in Russia hacking us or whatever like that because... There's no like laws preventing them from doing it, you know. Shout out to Edward Snowden. Yeah. Also, yeah. Ukraine uh, suffered. They suffered a big. I want to talk about this in the future episode, but they they're basically getting a lot of their information just wiped off yeah. because of like cyber yeah. hackers and stuff like yeah. that. And I think in 2016 as well, one of the most major like events of it happened. But now during this Ukraine Russia thing, Russia is fucking with them so much. Yeah. Like in terms of malware or whatever mm-hmm. that fucking means, like those things. And uh, I think it's interesting. Um, I remember when Jordan was here and we talked about it. It was when we started with Smash Mouth. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah. that episode. We had a real good conversation about like how we are in America and how we are in different countries. And I just remember saying something along the lines of uh, like, I just I wish I could remember it because it was I think I think I made a good point. Um, that it was just like yeah, in America we're very ethnocentric and we very much you know think the world revolves around us. But in some extent, like you know, we're able to do what we can in this country because like we're able to do what we can because we don't have to worry about like war or like you know this morning and it's so kind of coincidental. This morning I was walking around and I was like I was walking back to work actually. And I was like I'm so happy I don't live in a you know places that a war is affecting me personally because there's war happening around you know like I don't have to worry about getting shot. You know what I mean? Oh, but you get shit thrown on you by a homeless guy. <laughs> so like, facts. No, that that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, we're not perfect society, but 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 the, but the fact that like you know you you could play soccer and aspire to be a good soccer player, like we can make this podcast and be aspire to be have a good podcast. You can make comics and aspire to be a comic. Like we're able to do all these things. We're in different countries. You're not really allowed to do that. And like with Japan being so advanced and stuff like that, like they're also very flawed when you really think about uh, like how misogynistic they are and how like it still is that tier of man. I mean, it's not that it's not existent here, but like there's people fighting constantly in America that are women and a lot of women have taken great, great positions. The DA in New York City is a woman. You know what I mean? And I was reading that in an article in a local newspaper the other day. And um, not that that makes up for everything, but I just think that uh, America gets a bad rep by Americans. You know what I mean? And I think the funny thing about Americans is that we love to shit on ourselves. And, like, you don't understand how much that is a freedom in itself. Like, try doing that shit in Russia. Try doing that shit in China. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's such a 
privilege, you know, to be able to do that. And it's a great one, you know, to be able to like talk shit about your own We're government. We're the best country ever because we can talk about whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck we want to talk yeah. about, whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Honestly, yeah, man. And if it, we want to talk about Frankie's hard dick in the morning, <laughs> we can do that. All right. That is. That is. And, uh, and North Korea, too. I mean, no, I was just saying to that, even that, I mean, like the, the countries that have that freedom of speech and stuff like that and stuff like that, I, I think we should all be applauded to have it, you know? Like, I think. I, I do genuinely think like uh, if you're allowed to speak on it, like you have your own opinion, I think that's very important. I think mm-hmm. we're we're one of many countries, that, well, not many countries, but certain few countries that allow it. And so to the certain few, like yeah, we we could do it. And it's like, you know, I I think we just again we have this rep and we give ourselves a rep, and then we but again like that ego is fine because of the things we have. Like I think it's fine. Like I. But I just, again, like I said, depending on how we do things, like depending on how we, like in terms of this technology, going back to technology, it's like depending on how we do it and depending on how we're teaching it, it's going to like, it, that's going to really be like the the milestone for like mm-hmm. the people that are like, what, 10, 10 years later, or even the kids now, like, I mean, like we have someone that has a kid and I always think like, damn, like, yo, they're probably going to learn something yeah. way different. Yeah, I mean, to sort of, like, pull it back to AI, just, like, I think was just something that, like, I feel like could be recognized by most people is that right now in time with AI, it's a very malleable time. Yeah, yeah. Meaning that there are very, a lot of variants, a lot of variables going on right now. We don't really know what's going to happen yet. All we can do is contemplate and talk about it. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, that's, again, like, that's what, like... My head is always into like, oh, it's going to be the Matrix, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like AI is going to take over the world and we're going to live as like batteries for like AI. Or it could be like, yo, we could have a very organized um, society where mm-hmm. we could like literally use it in our favor. We don't fuck up, but that's also good for wishing and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, that's also a possibility, too. You know, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But all we know is that Frank is going to wake up tomorrow. Hard as fuck. Hard as dick. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is gonna wake up with a tent in his bed. I mean, like, what's poking my ear? <laughs> I'm never talking about my dick ever again. <laughs> this is the art piece that won the award. Uh, it's, uh, I'm assuming it's of an AI drawing a human face. There's not enough room to show the whole thing, even when you go full screen. But that's the art piece that won the award. Okay. okay. And, um, and yeah, I think it's. I mean, first of all, I want to shout out to the author of this article because the, the writer. It's by Andrew R. Chow and Billy Perigo. It was in the Time and the. Uh, article is called The AI Arms Race is Changing Everything And I think it's very interesting I think that was a really cool conversation we just had It had oh, yeah. a lot of shit in there man I thought it makes up for my hard dick And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah man it makes, I'm makes not standing up super hard. <laughs> I'm about to burst through this table bro And um, yeah And I, I think that you put it perfectly With saying how this upcoming time period Is going to be very malleable And everything's going to And if it goes the right way Hopefully it can get to that point uh, the last thing I'll say is that, you know, given the thought I gave earlier with, you know, artists being able to do what they want, everybody being able to do what they want, I think art will be more valuable in the future than it is now. I think okay. so. I think okay. I really think so. Because right now, I think um, with like social media and stuff, anybody can distribute their art to their own people they know. And uh, for me, with anything, especially with this podcast and stuff, a lot of the people that we know, uh, the people that we know that listen, I really cherish you, like every single one of you, like for sure. Like that's a real true thing. But realistically like when with me with anything whether i'm selling like wallets or like a calendar or like this i rather people i mean the calendar thing i did for charity so it was cool people did it but i rather sell people that don't know me 
you know, when I, if I make a movie or I write a, or write a book or like do the podcast, I want strangers to listen. Cause you know, strangers are going to give you that real feedback. Like, oh, this shit sucks. So this shit is good. And if we can get like 13 strangers to like listen to the show and hit us up and be like, Hey, you know, we, we'd like the show. It'd be, it's really, you know, so I think with that in the future, I think today with social media, everybody's able to distribute to the people that are most like them. Mm-hmm. But of course, there are the outliers. And um, like with photography to Instagram, that that's basically the same thing now with art to AI. You know, but people are still making a success out of it. You know, so artists basically, do better. Keep doing what you're doing. Bitches. Work hard, motherfuckers. Except you, Arthur. Except you, Alvin. Bitch ass motherfuckers. But yeah, bro, that was uh, that was the three pop topics, and um, damn, bro, I mean, that was a real good conversation, man. I'm not gonna lie, that it was, was alright. <laughs> yeah, it was whatever. It was okay. <laughs> You're kind of hyping it up. <laughs> nah, that was good. Let's talk more about your dick. <laughs> yeah. So, like, were you more hard today or more hard yesterday? Honestly, both equivalent. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you circumcised? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm not getting that personal, motherfucker. But if you want to know, just uh, don't ask me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's our fun conversation on the three topics. I think they were pretty good. How he says, all right. They were right. okay. <laughs> but now we got our AMC section. And, uh, ah! and uh, yeah. Ah! Ah! <laughs> so we are at the AMC section. Right, and so like you know, bring it back a little. We've covered a lot of albums, movies, and comics. What are some album movies and comics we've covered? Well, last episode we covered mm-hmm. a movie. We've mentioned mm-hmm. it already in the episode. Oh, yeah? but we covered Blade Runner. Yes, we did. Uh, the mm-hmm. episode before that, we covered an album. Reggie Snow, right? Reggie, Reggie Snow's Dear Annie. Yep. We've covered uh, Mac Miller's I Love Life. Thank you. Yep. We've covered Prince Daddy and the Hyena. Cosmic Stroke. Cosmic <laughs> Thrill Seekers. That was the first one we did, right? Yeah, that was our first episode. That's so crazy. Like, you referenced the third episode, and I referenced that one, and it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. <laughs> I mean, it, does, it seems like forever ago, but it's actually very close. Um, and what's the, what other movies we've covered? Uh, well, uh, other movies we've covered Fight Club, Burn we've After Reading, American History X, Green Room, Green Room. American History X was an interesting episode. Comics we covered, All-Star Superman. All-Star Superman. Spider-Man. Was it? Spider-Man. Spider-Man Life Story. Life Story. Deadpool. Court of Owls. Deadpool, Dead Presidents. Uh, and, so, you know, we got a mixture of that. So if any of that interests you, please listen. Because <laughs> then we'll keep making more of these. But if you don't listen, we'll keep making more and of these. And even if you don't mm-hmm. read comics. Oh, yeah. I, I really hope that this show has been a great introduction Absolutely. to you yeah. into the world of comics. I hope yeah. that this makes you want to go out yeah. and buy a comic and check it out. Absolutely. And man, just being, and, and you know, Javi being the, you know, big comic enthusiast, even before I met him, uh, I've read so much comics that I'm grateful of now that even I catch my, like I told him right now I'm reading Beef for Vendetta and I'm fucking in love with that shit. <laughs> but you know, he told me about like Alan Moore and how he doesn't like his remakes into the movie and stuff like that. Mm. And we, what did we read by Alan Moore? Did we read anything or not? We not yet, not, right? Not well, yet. he, I mean, you gifted me Watchmen, which I'm excited to read. It's an encyclopedia thing. But even my favorite comic book to this day is still Mr. Miracle. And I'm fucking hyped that I got to go through all these things. All-Star Superman was crazy. The Sandman is still fucking goaded. Yeah. Like, you can't go wrong. Uh, and then we talk about Henry, Henry Picard, Harvey, Harvey Picard. Harvey Picard. Harvey Picard. And I, I, actually, the next two comic sections, I have two comic books that are like, one is, one is a comic book. And if that makes any sense, okay. and one is like an actual comic, and you're not gonna believe what they are. <laughs> like I, like the Harry Potter one was my like so far my one that I think that I got you, caught you off guard the most. Oh yeah. But I think with the next two coming up, you're not even gonna believe. <laughs> you're not gonna believe who made these comics. Trust me. 
Well, you're I guess. Be looking at Garfield. Nah, I'm telling you, it's something <laughs> you wouldn't. It's something that you're gonna be like, get the fuck out of here, no way. Trust okay. me, it's, it's gonna be real interesting. Right. So uh, stay tuned. But yeah, I mean, uh, for one thing, I'll say like I never picked. I mean, I used to draw little comic books when I was a kid. Like I used to want my comic book to be in newspapers, but the funnies, mm. you know, I just want to write funny stuff. And and now I get to read them all the time. And it's like, what the fuck? How much? Like that's so much fun to do, you know? And like and then movies and albums that I would never have come across otherwise, or like watched in such a short time span. I think it's real cool, man. So. Uh, aside from like you know me being great for the show and Javi like being able to you know both of us having fun and this and that like hopefully the you, you as a listener can just shut the fuck up and listen bro <laughs> and enjoy get nah. on the fucking ride <laughs> nah and yeah and just and just enjoy and hopefully we I mean one of the cool things that again um or Patrick the with the Y yeah he I remember he was telling me uh, he was messaging me and and I always thank him for listening to the podcast because he does keep up. And I, I say, I always say, like, thank you for listening. Like, that really does support us. And, like, for actually enjoying it, not just doing it as a favor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah, man, like, I appreciate the podcast. And he was like, I even listened to Dear Annie because of the episode. And he's like, I fucking nice. love that album. And, you know, that shit was like, you know, I was like, arr, arr. you know, I was just super <laughs> happy about that. Because I really look fucking, even during the episode, you saw me singing that shit, just happy about it. <laughs> and for, like, just for somebody else to be exposed to it, I think it's really dope. Not only for the artist, but for the listener and just, like, overall the community you know mm-hmm. so i think that's real fucking cool and if you haven't listened to reggie snow's dear any and turnstile turns glow on by turnstile was amazing yeah, yeah. and we ended up even seeing them in concert yeah and and, and uh tlc oh, this is what was it t tlc that's that song i always use to find my earphones <laughs> like whenever my earphone like my wireless one falls to the, like the crevice really yeah i put that song on DLC, and then i'm like oh it's right there but great fucking album i think it's one of the best albums i heard last year for sure nice like in terms of like and that's like punk rock that i've never even been exposed to and i share that music with other people so but today 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 we are talking about what are we talking about? You tell me. All right, all right. I'll tell you. You have the book. My book is at home. <laughs> so we're looking at a pretty cool comic. Uh, Frankie gifted this mm. to me as a birthday present. Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I I saw when this first came out, I was like, this looks pretty dope. I mm. really want to read this. And I'm glad that you gifted it to me. Of course. And it is genuinely one of the uh, best reads I've had in a while. Nice, man. That's fucking awesome uh, to hear. I was like reading this and I was just like, this is just so much fun. I'm loving yeah. this. I'm loving every page. Like I really took my time with it mm-hmm. because it is a short read. Yeah. It goes by because the pages are so huge, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the art is just everything. Yeah. It's, it's first of all, the book is about like the size of your, from your like neck to your like stomach. Like, I guess most people, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I Like, yeah. j- just imagine, just imagine a comic book, but a little bit taller and yeah. just a little bit wider. Yeah, yeah. That's a better way to put it. Um, and I think, I think this is a real interesting read because first of all, we haven't read anything Fantastic Four yet. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's Fantastic like a, Four. Fantastic Four, man. Oh, about that. <laughs> but, not, uh, not, that, not that we're reading. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll throw it yeah. to, at the camera. Yeah, right we're there. looking at Fantastic Four. Full Circle by Alex Ross. Alex Ross. Yeah, man. And um, because it's a short read, I thought the same thing. One thing I wanted to include that, first of all, uh, speaking on it doesn't do the art justice. Like if you really like Google the image if you want, but buy the book, obviously, if you want to, you know, support the, you know, author and the writer and uh, like with letterer and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I was thinking earlier for this conversation, what if AI created comic books, but also like, AI can create so much, but when you look at a book like this, that's when you realize artists can do so much too. Cause there's so much in every like page, so much detail and stuff like that where yeah. it's amazing. 
I mean, even even to that, like just how just how you you recanted my sentiment mm. of like get better. Yeah, yeah. It's like Alex Ross. Yeah, that's like the epitome of getting better, man. Alex Ross <laughs> is get good. Yeah. It's it's so incredible. So I really encourage everybody to pick up this book and just again it's short read, so it's not like a whole huge volume. Pretty cheap too, I'm not mistaken, but I had to really find this book because it sold out so fast and mm. where I went. And when I found it on shelves again, I ran to the comic book store and I was like, yo, but please. Yeah, and shout out I mean, to everyone comics for let, selling to me when they were closed. I mean, like the a, a book like this. Not like everyone, Action City Ross. Comics, sorry. <laughs> Action okay. City Comics. Shout out to everyone comics and books too. <laughs> but a book like this, I'm not surprised it sold out right yeah, away. Man. I no. mean, it's Alex Ross. Yeah, like man. for people who don't know who Alex Ross is. I don't know who Alex Ross is. He, <laughs> so this is why I wanted you to nice. Uh-huh. He's one of the greatest like mm-hmm. comic book artists of the modern really like people like he Mm -hmm. at comic cons uh, he has a whole uh not even a table Mm -hmm. he has a whole booth that's crazy on the show floor dedicated to his art that's crazy his art is so expensive really like he's he's considered like a legitimate artist Mm -hmm. like not not even like a comic book artist like like an art like a like a Picasso type shit, you yes, know what I mean? Like That's his, crazy. His art is phenomenal, and it really is, bro. <laughs> what what other works has he done? Uh, he well, in most recent years, over the last like couple decades, mm-hmm. he's primarily done covers for okay. Marvel. He's he's uh, contracted with Marvel, mm-hmm. so he does the covers to a lot of uh, uh main titles yeah. like Black Panther, the Hulk, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He does like the covers to those issues, uh, but. When he's done stories like this, mm-hmm. uh, recently he did a short story in a whole comic where mm-hmm. he wrote and drew it as well. Nice. Uh, it was uh, it was almost a silent uh, story. Yeah. Meaning that, that there were almost no words in it, so the art tells basically the whole story. But uh, that was a really good story. Mm-hmm. But um, something that he's really well known for is a uh, Kingdom Come. Kingdom which Come. is written mm. by Mark Wade, who is another great in the comics world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Wade wrote it. Alex Ross drew it. And oh, it's so it's a, like a collaboration of like two legends. It's like Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese. Yeah. yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, they did Kingdom Come. That's a DC story. Mm-hmm. I have, I have had the chance. I haven't had the chance. I just need to emphasize how like important that book is to comic history and just. I haven't uh, read it yet. We got to cover in the podcast but then. So definitely got to do that. Kingdom Come mm-hmm. is like considered one of the best comic books of all time. That's fucking really. It, that's crazy. Yeah, it, that's it's crazy. considered that great. And mm-hmm. so I, and I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alex Ross has, has been considered one of the greats for yeah. a very long time. That's awesome. But I, you know, one of the things I went going into this uh, AMC section, uh, like I said, I mentioned to you earlier. I remember I texted you like, "Let me know when you get to this part of the book." <laughs> and you never let me know. No, I, <laughs> I'm completely misinterpreted. <laughs> and he, so what I what I did is I was able to because it is short. But honestly speaking, if this book was like 300 pages long, Alex Ross would have to work so hard. It's such a big book with a lot of imagery. I'm sure he would do it. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know you you get the small amount, but you get so much within it. You know, yeah, like quantity over quality. Yeah, and um, what I did quality is quality over quality over quantity. There we go. It's late. <laughs> and I uh, I broke up the story into four sections. And I think what I want to emphasize is being able to explain to the reader the story without like, you know, walking them step by step. Not that I like, you know, because it's so short. 
but also I figured your knowledge on the comic book artists and the thing was already so expansive that I didn't really have to do that much research to be fair. <laughs> I, I did research on the, on who the Fantastic Four is and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, what I do have is that the Fantastic Four, you know, consists of Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Human Torch, and a thing. Their first appearance was in uh, Fantastic Four number one, which is in November 1961. It was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby created Mr. Miracle or am I bugging? Uh, he created the new gods the of new DC. Gods. Okay. So he he in mm. in hand created Mister Miracle. The the what's it called identity crisis? What I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. I have so much. I mean, I'll just spoil a little. Um, uh, no, I don't want to spoil. You haven't started, right? I haven't uh, started yet. I won't start. I don't <laughs> say nothing. My bad. I thought you were reading it already, but there's a lot of cool things about it where you might get the gist of what I'm saying, but you won't. This is such a strange story, man. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, and then I wrote. Uh, <laughs> Oh, not Roy I got to show up a website. Did you know the Fantastic Four are often considered the first superhero family in comics? Yeah. I didn't know. See, I knew you. Yeah, they're they're, they're uh, <laughs> the first uh, Marvel family. That's dope. Yeah. And then I'm just going to read a little history just because I know you know your shit. But for the people at home, I got you, bro. <laughs> Let me act like I did some shit. It's, and this is just off the article. I'm going to give you the actual. Oh, I guess I'm not. Oh, no. I guess I'm not adding right down. Sorry, whoever I'm stealing your work. Damn. <laughs> uh, before, AI over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just learning as like, you know, as you teach it. Before the Justice League of America and the Avengers, there was the Fantastic Four. Not only are they considered one of, if not the first team in comics, they are also considered the first family. The origin story illustrates Reed Richards and his never ending desire to create and send a rocket to the furthest depths of space. Unfortunately, at the conclusion of his creation, the government unnecessarily cut his funding. Sadly, his argument about its now completion went on deaf ears and his dream was cut short. Unwilling to let this setback defeat him, Reed decided to move up what was supposed to be the launch date. He did so as to send his rocket into space before the government's decision could be announced to the world. It's pretty short. His time was limited, so he immediately set out, put together a team of individuals to accompany him on the quest. Without giving it too much thought, he sent out an invite to his former college roommate, turned test pilot, Ben Grimm, his girlfriend, Susan Storm, Batty, and her brother, Johnny Storm. Before he could get his rocket launched, and that's what I said in the morning when I was hard day. <laughs> Before he could get his rocket launched, Reed incurred another setback. Concerned over the potential of cosmic rays, his flight was canceled by the space board. Reed and his team, not wavered by the setback, snuck into the facility and prepared for launch. As the court tech pushed into the depths of space, their ship was as feared, bombarded by cosmic rays. The rays broke through the metal of the ship and forced the team back to Earth. Lastly, after landing, the four four quickly realized that the rays had changed them and they now possess powers and didn't have before. I figured this got away right and I would have put it. And I actually didn't know that. I know in the oh. yeah I know in the preface like in the book and stuff it pretty much details all that yeah and I thought that was, so when I read that and I read this I was like I finally understand how they became the Fantastic Four even though I seen the movie mm. that's why I said Batty because Jessica Alba was beautiful <laughs> <laughs> and, also uh, even from the movie like I just kind of got that they could stretch and uh, one thing I will say that I learned from a certain comic is a ela- Elasticity Man right or Elastic Man Plastic Man no it's a ela- isn't it Elastic Man or something like that from DC. Plastic Man. It's Plastic Man? Oh, yeah. I thought it was Elastic. Well, I learned about him, and um, yeah. that's all I'll say. Plastic Man is, yeah. is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. hey, but he also has some controversy, because like, uh, there have been some writers and yeah. stuff that like make him a bit of a pervert. <laughs> I didn't know um, that. Yeah, where like he's literally yeah. like uh, uh, mm. uh, turned himself into like women's clothing and stuff so that women <laughs> can put him on. That's kind of funny. Shit <laughs> like that. 
So like he's got some controversy behind yeah, him. He's Plastic like, Man is pretty fun. He's like Mr. Krabs, the Penty Raid. <laughs> you know that episode? Yeah. You know that episode's the banned now? Panty. It's it's banned? banned now, yeah. Isn't what? that crazy? Like uh you know those those little TikToks or like short videos on YouTube where they're like, Oh, you know, have you heard about the banned episode from so and so? That episode's banned now. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And this is yeah. mom underwear and stuff and Damn. Shame on you, motherfuckers, for you know you you know who you are. Hopefully, <laughs> not our listeners, but if even if you are, keep listening and rate the show and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't write that, but I broke the story down into three parts, and I figured anything we come across, we can talk about. You know, I don't have my book, so like you can look through it as I talk about. But the first part, you'll know to look through, so you can kind of look through it as I like, sum up the first section of the book. Gotcha. Right? So you ready? Yeah. All right. So the story begins. The Fantastic Four begin their journey after a familiar-looking person last seen in the negative zone bypasses security of their home and is seen by the Thing. Upon inspection, the Thing recognizes the guy from the time he was trapped and put under a machine that would make the Mystery Man physically identical to the Thing. That same day, the Thing wasn't feeling too good to begin with. Mr. Fantastic recognized the Mystery Man from his first-ever journey through subspace into the negative zone. They were both afloat into an atmosphere that would have caused them both to perish but the mystery man flung mr fantastic to safety quote i owe him my life end quote is what mr fantastic said as he looked down on the mystery man who lay on the table covered in an unknown stringy substance so i think that's a good sum up of the first section basically you know the thing is making a sandwich and they see some motherfucker on uh, in the corner and then he just kind of like ends up on the table yeah covered in this like weird stringy substance all yeah. black he's not really responding and the fantastic four kind of all come up to him and trying to inspect him and then he opens his mouth and all the black stuff comes Just out comes out crazy reparations and they're like oh what the fuck so right here i have all of a sudden black parasite looking creatures start pouring out of the mystery man's mouth by a dozen the fantastic four work together and fast so to, to subdue each creature Invisible Woman, by trapping many of them in force fields, Human Torch attracts the creatures into the fire that burns them, but they keep on spewing out of the mouth of the Mystery Man. The self-defense weapons within the fireproof house annihilate the rest of these flying alien-type monsters. Quickly after, the decision is made to return to their negative zone to find a trace of this creature so it can cause havoc no longer. Invisible Woman designs suits made with vibranium woven with her own unstable molecule materials. Everyone gets cool suits, but the thing only gets shorts. <laughs> and the initial theory is that the negative zone tyrant, Annihilus, is behind all of this, given his control over the whole of his universe. But upon arrival, they seem to have been mistaken. And uh, I'll just say that um, mm -hmm. two things. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was funny when mm -hmm. um, when the stranger first shows up in the building yeah. and Reed uh, comes out and he's kind of like putting on his shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sue is like... <laughs> What's going on? But she's invisible. And he's like, oh, and they're come like, on, why bro. are you naked? <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah, it's just like, first of all, how the fuck you see them? But they, how, how can they see them? Do you know how? Or Well, they, well, they can't see that she's invisible. Oh, but, but she's naked because they can't see her, right? Yeah, they, the they fact see that the she's clothes. talking. Look at that. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, shout out to that scene in Fantastic Four with Jessica Alba's in a bra or whatever. Just like that. Dude, they completely <laughs> just on purpose. Made, yeah. did that scene just to get Jessica Alba in, Absolutely. in her underwear. Absolutely. It's so <laughs> stupid because literally two seconds later, yeah. Reed and, and Johnny just run around them. <laughs> run around the whole crowd two seconds later. And it's like, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking did it. Way to go, Fox. You got Jessica Alba. You naked. had to get it in there. Sex sells. Um, <laughs> 
I thought I thought it was very funny that when they got the cool suits to go to the negative zone, that the thing only got shorts. I thought that shit was dumb, hilarious. Yeah, but the, the second thing I was gonna say is that uh, it's actually Reed that made these suits. Not oh, Sue. I thought I thought Sue had made them. Okay, yeah, so. no, it's Reed that made these suits, gotcha. and it's funny that that mm. uh, Ben gets the shorts because yeah. uh, he's always worn shorts. Yeah, <laughs> no matter like, what and everything, right? Yeah, like that. That's mm. just kind of his look. The little that's his thing. style. And they all have their certain style of speaking too, like the thing. Uh, it's Ben, right? Ben is a thing. Yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, ben Grimm was born and raised in Brooklyn, so, so he, he's more comedic. So more he's like, got like a Brooklyn sort yeah. of accent and <laughs> yeah. stuff. You had to imagine what that yeah. would sound like when you're reading his his dialogue. And I think stuff. he was played good in the movie. I think if I'm mistaken, he's like yeah. you know who played Douglas him? Douglas you know? Chickas, something like that. He did a good job. Uh, I think Hell Hellboy. Did you ever watch that movie? Uh, the Guillermo del Toro one. I, I saw so. it like when it first came out. Well, so I don't remember. I don't remember too much from it. Yeah. I saw the reboot with David Harbour. That movie was garbage. Really, so bad. <laughs> that movie was written by like a fourteen-year-old boy <laughs> drinking fucking G Fuel and playing Call of Duty at three. Really, it was that bad. That movie was so bad. Where is Hellboy from? Uh, he's from Dark Horse Comics. He's, Dark Horse he's, Comics. He's, he's he's his own thing. He's mm. uh, created by Mike Magnola. Mm. Um. Oh, that's, I didn't know that. Well, okay. So we get to half the story, and this is literally halfway into the story. But to backtrack, the artwork is is incredible. Like they're, they're so like uh, I know I remember you taught me when like uh, comic uses the whole two pages as a splash page, right? Mm -hmm. And and this two is, pages is a spread. Spread and one, one page, page is, is a splash. splash. And this whole book is like its own disorganized fashion because it doesn't split into like direct straight lines or, you know, cross patterns. Like there's like sideway crossroads. There's like three fourths of the book used for one thing and, but it all flows so well and mm -hmm. its entirety is used. Like there's no outline of the pages. The only lines you see in between the things are barely, you know, they're also a part of the environment. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. even pages, even spreads <sighs> wow. like this are just so incredible yeah. where it's just, it's impossible to describe it. Like, I mean, you could. We could really if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. like all you can really say is that the panel work and the panel it's composition phenomenal. is just incredible. It's phenomenal. It's just, even, uh, even to new readers, mm. this is an easy yeah. book to follow. And like I even you, say to kids, like probably like little kids and stuff like that, because their mm. attention span is still like, oh, wow, pretty. You know what I mean? Like, Look at the colors. Yeah, wow. It's, it's <laughs> wow. So, it's so deep the duality of man that it's crazy that you know oh look it's pink you know <laughs> so, so like that. and um that that page in particular it's actually black and white with a little bit of color uh -huh. that reminds me of love and thunder uh -huh. with the black and white scene on, on the outer planet yeah and you can only see a little bit of color and shit like that the hues of different colors that was a cool scene yeah it was a really cool scene bro fucking movie had potential <laughs> it wasn't bad just a little too much guns and roses for me anyway. <laughs> but um but yeah, we get to those points and again, like it's hard, it's really hard to depict the art through the just speaking. But honestly, the story is really interesting as well. What I'll say mm. about the art too mm. is that like for, for myself, knowing Alex Ross's mm -hmm. art, this is the first time where I'm reading a mm. story where he uh, does all of the interiors mm. and interior is just meaning like the inside of a book. Gotcha. That's like what, uh, like, like the whole what, book in its entirety, right? Like from the cover to the inside to the back cover right? well not no? even oh. that just like the interiors meaning like the inside like oh. the actual pages gotcha gotcha um mm -hmm. so like excluding the cover and stuff like mm -hmm. that like they did the inside of it the actual pages mm -hmm. so this is the first time where i'm reading an alex ross comic where mm -hmm. he's on the interiors of a comic mm -hmm. and it's a little different from his usual art yeah where uh his usual art on his covers and stuff 
they look more painted. They mm. look more hand drawn and stuff. This one looks more like graphically done, right? Yeah, like uh-huh. there are a lot of half tones, mm. and half tones are those little dots. Gotcha. Like you, like you know how comics have those little dots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what those are, half tones. Why? Why was that in comics? I know you're talking about, and to be a little more descriptive to other people that don't know what we're talking about. It's like, you know, when you read a comic or they depict comics and cartoons and everybody is drawn in the same style, or whatever, but there's little dots between all their like, it's like chowder. You ever seen chowder? Yeah, Not, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like yeah. there's dots everywhere in the back tones of the actual character. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it to you people. So whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, but, that's the best yeah. way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, in comics, uh, that's just referred to as half tones. Half tones. Okay. And so um, Alex Ross uses an explicit amount of half tones mm. in this book. Like a majority of the art here is covered in half tones. What's the purpose of half tones? Well, it, I think what he did with mm-hmm. this, if I remember correctly from reading the back of the of the story, mm. is that um this story is sort of like a retelling of an older Stan Lee Jack Kirby comic. Mm. And so I think in terms I think for that reason of adding these halftones, it creates a more classic look. Mm. And with create- a modern twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so having that classic look makes it feel more like of a classic comic book. Gotcha. Oh my god! Oh my god! We got to do We almost it's done. Dinner time for Lane. <laughs> we almost done. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it. I think like yeah. this felt like such a classic comic book story mm-hmm. where it's like an adventure in the negative zone. Yeah, yeah. We have to, to go. get out yeah. and all that stuff. It's very like classic in mm-hmm. terms of comic book stories. And so I think bringing in those half tones really brought that vibe of yeah. like. This is like a Stanley Jack Kirby comic to pick up. Got you, got you. But yeah, um, and then we move on. That's pretty dope. I mean, that's good. Again, for me, it's it's like looking at the comic without the the lens that you have. I mean, for me, it really is kind of like how I refer to the kid looking. I'm like, oh, look at the pretty colors and stuff. <laughs> but the what I, I did, I like that you like appreciate the story because to me, the story started off pretty kind of basic. You know, it was like, oh, okay, this and that. But then when you get to the negative zone, it's like, wait, okay, this is a little different. And uh, then when we get to the, I'll read right now the third part, but Richard Reed's take on space and wanting to expand research on it is real interesting because his reasoning is so justifiable, you know? Yeah. Again, and, and then I won't skip over it and spoil it, but at the end, that's what I want to read, like the last two pages, because he mm-hmm. says some, like almost like what I thought when I saw Ant-Man, you were like, I don't know how the fuck you got that. But that <laughs> this is what, like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so I'll read the third like part. When the four arrive in the negative zone, they land in a tunnel where Nihilus is feeding, and he's huge and hungry. Yet the reader, which detects the energy source they are seeking, is moving away from the Nihilus, and upon further inspection, leads to an unknown enemy whose desire is to use the four as an entryway to Earth. I might be wrong about this, you can correct me. And, re- and wreck it through the negative energy. The foe is later discovered to be Janus, or Janus, a former colleague of Richard Reeves that perished in their mission to subspace. This enemy is made up of pure negative energy and is referred to as Negaman. It, it believes it's alive in Janus. Uh, it believes it's alive in Janus, but Mr. Fantastic views the foe as a shell of who Janus once was due to its use of anyone left to die in space, only to be consumed by Negaman, such as the mystery man who appeared in the beginning of the story. They make their momentary escape from Negaman and find themselves near an anti-Earth, which is constantly shielding itself from incoming asteroids Using and, some type of net, uh, energy source. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll just uh, b- before we continue further. Yeah. I just 
I really love that section where mm. uh, they meet Janice and they escape Janice, mm. and uh, they're they're getting out of there. Reed's like, "We got to get out yeah, of here." Yeah. And uh, Ben asks him, "Reed, why are we in such a hurry to clear out of here?" Yeah. And Reed tells him, "Because Ben, there's no reason to start a war with a nihilist today. Yeah. It's enough to know we have a new or old adversary to contend with." Mm-hmm. I just love that so much. Nice, just because like <laughs> that. That's just such a thing of like. Mm-hmm. He Reed is just so much of a realist where he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. gonna do that, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's like, listen, like, yeah, 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 it's enough to know that we have another problem to deal with right now. <laughs> That's not we don't <laughs> fuck the reader. We're not making more story for this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, people, just, uh, it's just such a like a thing where it's like it, it works almost mm-hmm. like double double edged. Where yeah. it's like for the reader of like, oh man, like I would love to see what's gonna happen with Janice and yeah. Fantastic Four. And it just leaves that sort of like seed of idea. Of yeah. Like what what could ever happen in the future and, if they were to come back or if she was inter- inter- infiltrated or something like that. And, no. and that's such a classic mm. comic thing to do, which gotcha. is, which is why I referred to that again. Mm. But then it also works in the sense of just like of a of a plot element, yeah, and just yeah. of a character element of that. That's who Reed is. He's just that's like, dope. listen, like the best that we can do right now is just accept get out of here. that. Listen, we got another problem to deal with, but that's for another day yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's pretty incredible man and uh, i never thought about it that way to be honest and um but i i within the within a little bit of that um i really think it's cool how they they were like we don't need to have this war right now i think later in the book they say because i don't write a fourth part the last thing i'll say for the sum up is mr fantastic has only seen this once through the dimensions interface he is e- but he is eager to investigate and everyone else thinks he's bugging the fuck out for that and not the analysis or Janice, but the anti-Earth, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I think towards the end of the book, they mentioned how, like, we, you know, we're not going to, like, you know, fight Janice or not not really say that. And then it comes down to, like, you know, the possibility that they exist is something to, like, you know, com- contemplate. I don't know. It's a whole mixture of things. Yeah. And that's why with the end of the book, I kind of want to get into the end of the book mostly. Because they basically escape analysis and Janice. They get to the anti-Earth. Right. And then yeah. they, but what's their method of getting to the anti earth? Cause now you got to walk us through the end of the book. So, yeah, they fucking, they're looking down and they're like, check it out. It's the anti earth. And they find out mm-hmm. a read after observing the earth realizes that it has a sort of force field around yeah, yeah. it. So, kind of like their suits. Yeah. Similar to their suits. Mm-hmm. So, he establishes the idea that they can sort of crash land onto yeah. the planet by penetrating the force field with their suits. Mm-hmm. So, they all get into a force field bubble with Sue. And they just go down to the planet. And upon getting to the planet, they kind of trap the human torch in a ray. Yeah. And Ben is real quick to try and attack them. But Sue is quick to be diplomatic to try and stop anyone from fighting. Yeah. And uh, blocks everyone off of force fields uh, until finally one of them speaks English. Yeah, yeah. Because up until this point, all of them are just speaking a different language. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what the fuck? And the one speaking English is in this big blue suit, and he reveals himself to be the guy from the beginning of the story. The mystery man. The mystery man. Mm-hmm. But he here he is, alive and well. Just chilling in a big-ass suit. In a big-ass suit. <laughs> and he basically explains that 
he's he's been trapped here yeah. ever since uh that, the crash landing that crash landing then into the negative zone and that these people have basically taken him in mm-hmm. put him in this suit that keeps him alive and he can't get out of that suit. within this utopia of a world you know like a better earth almost like yeah a scientifically advanced earth. it's a super scientific advanced earth they've yeah. done a lot of shit and they've learned to keep themselves alive mm-hmm. in the negative zone something about it's pretty similar to ant-man <laughs> to some extent it's pretty similar to ant-man <laughs> now that i kind of look at everything Mo- yeah. he's modok <laughs> just a better modok <laughs> no spoilers no spoilers <laughs> but um yeah uh mm. so pretty much um he tells Ben too, which is a pretty important part that like he has his life to owe to Ben because yeah. if he didn't try to pretend to be like him, he mm. wouldn't be in this situation right now, Yeah, which is just sort of a super glass half full yeah. type of mentality to have about all this. Cause he looks like Ben, he lost his like regular life on earth and stuff like that, but he's living somewhere else and he really enjoys it. He enjoy yeah. He loves the anti-earth. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much uh, he learns that he like we learn that he's basically sort of uh, been joined into a team on this onto this anti-earth. Yeah, it's like a lion man or some shit like that. It's like a lion, a furry. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. And so they're all just like, yo, man, good for, good for you. you. Yeah. And like, holy shit. And here's a suit out of my suit. Uh, Mr. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Richards. Fantastic's yeah. like, yo, I got you. He stretches out his suit. And the human torch uses yeah. his powers to seam it and cut I thought it he stretched his skin and cut a piece of himself to, <laughs> to make a skin suit for it. <laughs> I was just like, damn, bro. Like, you don't want to help with that bad. But he stretched his suit. And then it said because of the, was it the molecules constantly in it? They'll yeah. repair itself and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was mad funny to me at first. Like, damn. <laughs> that shit must hurt, bro. <laughs> But mm. yeah, they basically give a part of the suit to mm. this dude so that he can wear it so that he no longer has to be in that big blue ass suit, suit, yeah, blue metal suit to live anymore. Yeah, and he's like, Thanks, man. He's like, You're welcome. And he's like, You don't want to come back with us? And he's like, nah, He's like, Nah, I'm I like happy it here. here. Yeah, he's like, I owe it to them to be here and I actually like it here. And uh, I just like the page where uh, one one of his boys is like, yeah. "Thank you for the gift to my friend." Mm-hmm. Oh, friend. Nice. oh, dope! And like they, you just see the two of them like shake hands, mm-hmm. and uh, Ben's just like, huh, "No explosions." <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like something should have happened, but we kind of really jumped through past everything, and and hopefully there's more in the future for it. But this is a great way to like. Yeah, represent just, a whole world in so little time. It's just mm-hmm. like the way that this story, like the the pacing of it yeah. is so well done. Yeah. Where it's just like you don't feel like anything is rushed. You mm-hmm. get enough of everything. Yeah, I agree. Of every scene that by the end of it, you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, damn. Yeah, man. All right. That was a quick. <laughs> All right. So I just went to three different worlds and now I'm <laughs> back into my own world and with a whole different philosophy because <laughs> it gets crazy at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they basically help them get back to Earth yeah. uh, through some sort of Wizard of Oz type, <laughs> type technology. You gotta think about where you're going, and they end yeah, up. even Ben bracelets. says it. Yeah, he says, "All right, everybody, click your heels together and, and think, think of, of home." home. <laughs> and they get home, mm-hmm. and uh, fucking, they say hi to their kids and stuff yeah. like that. And they all go to sleep, and then they wake up the next morning. And this is and where it gets. This you should read. This is where um it gets like the philosophical, philosophical almost, right? Or who, like who do you want to be? Uh, you be Reed Richards. I'll be what Ben? Is it Ben? Yeah, I'll be Ben. Let's okay. Let's do it. All, right. all right. I don't know if you can see from here. I'll bring the mic over here. All right, this page. Yeah. All right. So I'll be like, so what are you doing up? Let me just memorize. This. Okay, go. So I could ask you the same thing, old friend. Finishing the meal I started before the things went all kablooey. 
Ah. And then I say, ah, so what's on your mind, Stretch? I've been going over the events of our journey and I feel puzzled. I think we came across some universal truths during our time reaching, reaching two dimensions. The invading life forces were composed of negative energy, carried in a body from our positive universe. While one was seemingly harmless, the other was malevolent. While states of good and evil are not quantified by science normally, I think the nature of our opposite dimension, the negative zone, is psychoreactive. And it continues. Alright. Psycho what? I call it psychoreactive because I think it's a distorted mirror of life here, where it is a literal man manifestation of our darkest fears and our and imaginings. Just as the subspace distortion area transmits alien images to our brains, I believe the phantom-like nightmares which take physical form there, like Janice's death left behind, exist because we imagine them to. Even a nihilist may be a manifestation of our subconscious. For that one man, Ricardo, to still exist there and thrive, he had to bond with others who came to embody a positive energy to survive in a psychoactively negative environment. It makes you think about the whole nature of existence. I wonder what it all reveals about a guiding hand over our lives. Are we merely playthings to some greater forces? We're home. We're safe. Can't you just be happy for once? And then the comic ends. And I, I don't know, man. Those <laughs> last two pages do it for me because you're like, damn, it must real suck to be Reed Richards sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he's just constantly thinking. But I, I think like that that for me embodied like his whole character because like that's the that's the coolest way to look at things when you're really like that smart, you know? Because like you're looking beyond, beyond. You know, and, and and then you're contemplating reality and saying like, what is a figment of an imagination? What is reality? But maybe our imagination causes other realities that we're not a part of and that only exists when we get there. You know, like yeah. And I was like, man, that's so fucking cool. And that's what wrapped up the story <laughs> for me. So like cherry on top, but like deliciously. You know, that that was, that was real impressive. That writing is impressive, and that that mindset to like involved at the end of the story is a real like you said a little bit of everything. That was like the perfect last piece of everything to like make it a whole story. Because then you're like, huh, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. like even as I was reaching the end of this, mm -hmm. like I can feel the pages. I feel the like the yeah, end yeah, is yeah. coming, and uh -huh. I'm like, yo, how the fuck <laughs> is this gonna end? And it, and it does such a good job, and uh, and not for nothing. Um, like the outer cover of the book is like one of those old books where it has like an outer like what did you what would you call that like uh the plastic around the book? Uh, I I don't know what yeah. it's called. I feel like I mm. I should know that, but I don't. It's like when you get a book and it has a cover, you can take away. It has like the sleeve. Yeah, and even the cover by itself is like a blue blue hard book with mm. like a four in the middle, like the suits. And I thought that even down to the T, that was a crazy nice detail. You know, onto it too and everything. But yeah, but back to the ending. I thought I thought that was a tremendous ending. And you know, luckily, you know, we picked this book because um well I picked this book only because like we have another comic to cover and you know we're getting down to like comics that are very long and we wanna do it justice. Like we mm -hmm. wanna get these comics that are you know have and not to put this down at all. Like this is a great, you know, gem, honestly speaking. But um in the time we had to read this book, I, I think it's very readable and and if you wanna do yourself justice Go get this book. It's called Fantastic Four Full Circle by Alex Ross. Like, do yourself some justice and get this fucking comic book, man, because it's so good. Makes a great gift. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I really recommend it to anybody. I would uh, agree. <laughs> I, I think that's correct. <laughs>
And yeah, one day we'll be covering Watchmen. We'll, we'll have that book here, and that'll be a long episode. <laughs> you know, but uh, but no, I really, I really don't want to say, man. This was uh, honestly something I didn't know what to expect, and because mm-hmm. it was so short, and be- but man, like the, see, seeing you have it now, and just like you know, reading it only once, like that, you can always refer back to, and definitely if you want to get high, or even I can imagine on psychedelics how this book will look. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can I imagine. I was already like, thinking about Whoa. that. <laughs> Colors, man. Oh, reach out, bro. <laughs> Why does Ben look normal? Everybody looks weird. <laughs> um, nah, man. I mean, yeah. Like, I think, I think this is a perfect wrap up also to the AI conversation because, you know, I'm sure AI can create something similar, but having a human do that is way more cherishable. Because mm. this is some crazy fucking skill right there, bro. <laughs> Mad skills with the Z. <laughs> Two Zs. Two Zs. Three Zs. That's it. Only three Zs. Four Zs is a little crazy. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Too much Zs. Okay. That's almost sleeping, bro. Why Why are Zs associated with sleeping when, like, jaw and books? I don't know. <laughs> I've, like, thought about it before. It's That's like, you saying. don't go Zs. <laughs> I imagine you did. That'd be scary as fuck, bro. <laughs> fucking, um... Yeah, but yeah, man. If I hope you're listening right now, I hope you're enjoying a nice bowl of ambrosia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope that yeah. you're at the front lines protesting for your country, for your country, and especially if you're North Korean. You know what I mean? Hell yeah! You know what I mean? And yeah, it, it, no matter if you're North Korean or Ukrainian or wherever, like Uncle Gems based their you know movie off of. Go take a shit in the ocean. Go take a shit in the ocean. Get this book to accompany you with and treasure it like it's your last. It's a good fucking book. And uh, I'm happy. A good comic book, to put it better. And yeah, man. And uh, before we leave, before we... We got our Instagram, Earth My Matter Pod. Oh, yeah. TikTok, Earth My Matter Pod. YouTube, Earth My Matter. True Social, Earth My Matter Pod. Macedon. Macedon, Earth My Matter Pod. And we got Link here. Who about to go feast? Right, Link? I think he feasted already. He feasted actually. already? Yeah. Oh, he don't give a fuck, bro. Hey, you don't give a fuck. He chilling. Chilling, bro. But yeah, donate to Haiti. Uh, that's my new outro. <laughs> okay, okay. Here, here's my new outro. Yeah, yeah. You ready for it? Yeah, yeah. Shake that ass. <laughs> hey!